my Westlake Shaps number four. I don't know if you can see. Ah, where's the camera? Yeah, number four, <laughs> um, Ellinger jersey, Westlake's um, old, old QB, Texas Longhorns QB. Who knows where he is right now? <laughs> <laughs> is he even still with the Colts? I don't know. Okay, well, we love him. We'll always love him. Welcome back. Hey. Yeah. Thanks for joining us again, y'all. As you might have heard, as we were uh, saying bye to Chip and Zay, we've got a lot of exciting things in store today. Mm -hmm. We will be joined by KI Sports Director Bob Ballou, uh, which we're going to talk Texas. We're going to recap that KSU game, that nail biter of a KSU game. Woo. We're going to look forward to TCU. Uh, we're going to make some picks. We're going to talk about college football picks. Yep. Talk about some uh, top stories around college we football. Have top five. Yep. Yep. And then, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of trash talk between Rocky and I for the the, the high school playoffs. She's ready. I'm not. <laughs> That's all right. But anyway, as always, we thank you all for joining it's us. Playoff time. It's getting real. Yeah, it's getting it. real. I love high school playoff. Let's be high, clear. High school. Let's be clear. Let's I mean, not get ahead of ourselves. Fun. This is the future D1 athletes. There are five. Westlake Chaparral's off the Texas Longhorns right now. Yeah, that's and we're amazing. gonna talk about it. Did y'all know there were five? That's crazy. Only one on offense. You did. I did. <laughs> we'll talk about them. I love it. All right. So um, yes, again, we'll be welcoming welcoming Bob B here in a minute. So excited. Um, so let's just jump right on in. All right. I love it. I how's love it, it. How's how are you doing, Megan? Oh, I'm just living the dream, you know. I, know. I don't know whose it is, but it's somebody's You're living somebody's dream. Yeah, no, it's been good. I just somebody's been nightmare. Somebody's, right? I've uh, been crazy busy with work. It's been been good. A lot of good things happening, but we're definitely in that. Like I work for a startup for those that don't know, we sell uh, some D9 legal gummies, which is great. It's Kava brands uh, for sleep and joy, but we've been blowing and going and, and a lot of new things and a lot of big stuff going on. But man, it's been, uh, oh, it's been a little crazy. So, yeah. uh, but good overall, you know, and of course I can't stop messing with this AI art, oh, I'm obsessed so cool. with it now. <laughs> you and Nadia are like creating everything AI now. Yeah, it's so, it's so cute. Oh, it's, it's, it's a lot, fun. Of, fun. A lot it is, of fun. It is creepy though, like how real some things look. Some like, of it, like, yeah. And now you don't even not not that you're not a talented artist, yeah. but a person who's not a talented artist can make it look like they're creating all this wonderful art, and right. it's it's AI, but it's so fun. You just have to have the imagination. Yeah. My favorite part though is when things get like when it can't quite understand what you're trying to do. <laughs> And like you have this cool picture and then like a hand that looks like a spider or something. It just can't figure life out and things go. It's just I think it's hilarious That's watching. You know, I think I did one for Thanksgiving and there was like a duck flying in the living room for some reason. But like the head was one place and the wing was the other. I don't know. It was weird, but. Yeah. Anyway, that's fun. How about you? Yeah. What's what your weekend look like with that early kickoff? Oh, th that was nice because then I got to spend my, my allergies have been killing me. I grew up in Austin, lived here my whole life. And all of a sudden I get allergies yeah, now. Yeah. And for, so for the last few years, right around Halloween, when the weather starts changing, another reason I hate that it's getting cold. I mean, it's hot and sunny today, which is great. But killing me um, yeah. So when the weather changes, it was like, Ugh, you know, you're like, how is my how am I so congested? And my nose won't stop running. Like, yeah. how are my eyes dry? But they're also watering. Like, mm -hmm. and you know, you get that headache. So when we got home from the Texas game, like 
took seven years off my life. Um, I'm just laid on the couch and heated up some leftovers and watched college football all night, which is how we should spend. Yeah, you know, every Saturday anyway. I love it. I love it. Hey, CB, thanks again for hey, joining friends. us. Hey, we Seth. love you guys. And hey, look, we got burnt orange blood in here. Um, and also Sal, as always, all the way from New York. So we appreciate you guys. We yeah. always love having y'all on, love having your comments and your input and your thoughts. Mm -hmm. So please stay tuned. Join with us again. Get your questions ready for Bob. I think it's going to be a really fun. Oh, yeah. If you have questions for Bob Baloo, yeah. add them in the chat. It's going to be, you know, I always wanted to say Baloo, but it's Baloo like Jungle Book. Like Baloo. Like Baloo, the bear. Baloo. Yeah. Yeah. Not just you the bare necessities come on you and you and disney i know Tony. i know bare necessity all right well. all right so really quick thanks for listening we put up here if you are enjoying the show follow like subscribe um this is at texas sports unfiltered where that you're watching you know you found the link megan sent the link again today so that yep. you could watch um bob join us we're so excited yeah it's gonna be awesome and we have a fun video to share with bob of when we met him 10 years ago when Nadia and I, yeah. Nadia and I met him 10 years ago. Yeah. That's pretty fun. And this time y'all, we actually have our tech difficulties figured out. Yay, so thank you, BK. We're not going to be old school holding pictures up and reenacting things. I'm going to ask for a help. I love it. I love it. Well, that was a hell of a game. And, you know, we're going to, again, get much more in depth with this with uh, when Bob joins us. But like you said, it took about seven years off your life. I think I'm actually dead right now. Like it was tough. I actually had to turn to Nadia because Nadia was at the game and she's getting all into it. You know, she grew up watching the games, right? And, but she hasn't been all in now. She's like really excited. So I had to apologize to her after the game because she was like, "Oh my god!" She was on her feet the whole time, and which is good. That? Yeah, I like it. I like Be it. on your feet. And I, I felt bad for the old lady behind her, and but I'm like, just she can see it's okay. And but Nadia's like, "I'm not sitting down. I'm standing up." See, and I'm, I had to apologize to say, "Sorry, girl. I just took like seven years off your life." I I get it but i feel like games like that are more that's a better way to get people into sports and into the game and that excited ride, yeah because yeah, that like the adrenaline highs and then the like crater lows and then oh crap we're up again oh like it's all over the place i think as far as it, in terms of excitement and getting people interested in the game mm -hmm. that's better than like a oh. 50 point blowout oh it you was know? it was emotional roller coaster and even some of the players have said this is a game that a t the team two years ago, three would years won. ago, would not have yeah, won. Agreed. We've seen where they they come out strong, adversity hits, and they, they're just not connected. They don't have the discipline and right. the and the love, the commitment to each other that not not enough of them, right? Mm -hmm. And so we've seen them fold, right? Mm -hmm. Or we just not be able to overcome. They overcame adversity. In every way, injuries, mm -hmm. one after the other. So many key players didn't start or went out. And just it started adding up. They blew a big lead, 20-point lead. Um, and they found a way to win. Found a way. Yeah, look, I think that's been kind of the key for this season is find a way to win. And and I agree. I mean, I remember I, I even saw a couple of uh, – there was a little bit of shade, but in a good way from some former players coming on uh, to Twitter and saying – Man, it used to be in the past, and they were like delicate about how they mm -hmm. said it. But oh, yeah. In the past, there were some, some players not that, <laughs> some not as delicate, but this particular comment was, you know, in the past, there were players that were, you know, not necessarily about the team. They were playing for themselves. Mm -hmm. And and they're noticing that this year's team, and, you know, we've talked about this, I, I think, extensively, but this year's team, you can see it, you can feel it. That culture is different. They're playing for each other, right. they're excited. So, 
yeah, man, that was that again. It was it was a great game. Happy we came out on top. Like I said, I'll I'll take an ugly win over a pretty loss any day. I love it. Yeah, yeah. heart conditions. You know, there should probably be a waiver that we have to sign before watching Texas Longhorn yeah. football this year. But that was that was, a, um, and you know what's crazy is um, when we were at Alabama, it was a you know it they was. pulled out. It got it got adversity. Alabama took the lead. It went back and forth. It was exciting, but. That was a game where everything wasn't on the line. Like it wasn't the end of the season, no championship. If if you go into Alabama and you compete really hard and don't win that game, you can, you you can have, take a moral victory you, at Alabama. No, no, but I'm saying you still have the whole <laughs> season ahead of you. Your sure. all your goals are still ahead of yeah, you. Yeah, agreed. Playing in a Big 12 championship is still ahead of you. Right. So it wasn't the end of the world, right? And but Saturday, because and we'll get into it with the Big Twelve, right. all, five teams were in, tied for first place. You know, everybody always seems with only one loss. A team that it was, you know, defending champions and on a scoring roll, right? Everything lined up for. We knew this was a big game that mm-hmm. Texas could not lose, right? If they wanted to keep their goals insight right? right and it will make it way harder to finish those the season out in order for texas to control their own destiny exactly the ksu game was certainly a must-win game yeah and, and you hate using like terms like that must win i feel like it's overused if, if your but, goal is to be in the big 12 championship your odds of getting there went from almost 80 percent to close to 30 if, you lose, that if game. you lose that game, right and couldn't afford to lose that game right, right? It, was, it was just stacking everything against them if they did mm-hmm. and they found a way to win yeah and yeah. Ev- it was all hands on deck team win D- i mean defense had to do that last stand but offense did enough late uh, look yeah. i you know and again we'll we'll dive into this more as we we talk about it you know in this hour and in the next hour but um i think it is our again we expect greatness right texas fans <laughs> We expect greatness. We for, had, from we had everything it for all, a long time. We did. We yeah. did. We're spoiled. We're a spoiled we, fan base. Yeah. I'll be the first to say that. I'm spoiled. But I do, like, I make this plead. You've made this plead. Have some patience, guys, you know? And while you I'm not. Than me. Uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I Sometimes I have to talk you off the edge. But Oh, I'm fine. And, and not that I don't go on my rants, not that I don't get upset. But look, we also have to keep in mind, we are for starting a redshirt freshman quarterback right now it was his second game like there were so many factors that many good 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 teams could have lost that game would have lost that game Mm -hmm. right so it was certainly not a perfect performance it certainly wasn't a perfect game but you've got to walk away feeling good in the sense that despite the injuries despite having you know a red shirt freshman second start quarterback in there Mm -hmm. despite that despite our our defense getting a little worn out at a certain point we still found that way to win texas still came out on top it was a nail biter i mean again lot to work on lot to grow from but man you got to feel good knowing that you can grow from a close win versus having to sit looking at a loss and uh worrying about that it's so it's exciting it's exciting times so when you have exciting times you have to bring in exciting people <laughs> <laughs> hey mama lou we're so happy you're here what's up y'all how you doing thank you so for joining good. us i like that burn orange i'm gonna say i get <laughs> feeling like it's a little pumpkin spice going on you got the this, fall feel and the burn orange yeah room. yeah this is the office we painted this maybe seven or eight years ago i don't know that we had a say in what color we went with didn't mind the burn orange but um yeah, we hung up. We've, I've got it here. Let me see if I can turn this and show it to you. 
got Bevo on the wall too. I love oh, it. Nice. I love nice it. Nice painting of Bevo. So that's phenomenal. We've got it all. We've got it all here. CBS Austin. That is fantastic. Well, y'all, for those that don't know, first Everyone of all, knows. get out from under your rock. <laughs> we are so happy to welcome you, Bob. You are the sports director for KI, and that's been going on, gosh, seven years now. Is that correct? 17 years. 17, 17 years. Dang, man. It's like, I'm way off. That's crazy. That's face, amazing. Big face of Austin sports. Absolutely. Yeah. Three-time Emmy winner. Look at that. We, where, where are the, the presents of where royalty? Where are the Emmys? I love it, right? <laughs> up. I mean, sure. Home, wear those home. around your neck. <laughs> yeah, Just no, right. to the Alamo Bowl media. <laughs> earring. <laughs> right? Yeah. Got it on a yeah. chain. All good. <laughs> and then again, you are the seven-time AP Sports Broadcasters winner as well. Wow. So, man, you're you're credentials we appreciate you joining us and uh, uh well it's like insight. i it's like i tweeted I, this is an honor to get to come on with you guys i mean right. i i know we cross paths randomly we saw each other in tuscaloosa i know uh we go we go way back rocky for uh the als event uh 10 years ago so there's some there's some really uh special ties between texas fans and one of my favorite things is going on the road and seeing somebody that you don't normally see, but that you know from Twitter. And then you don't like, not with y'all, but with other people, like you don't know their name. So like, if I didn't know Megan's name, I'd just be like, Texas Fancy Boots. Yeah. Like, and then that's all, you, that's all you know by it. And you're like, why do you know me by that, but not my actual name? So yeah, yeah it's a very, uh, it's a it's a fun community. And especially when you get out like on a Friday night before a game. And like when we saw you guys in Tuscaloosa, it's just, I love it. It's just fun to be on the road and see other Texas fans. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I get that question a lot. Like, do you prefer Megan or fancy? I'm like, honestly, I don't care. <laughs> like I'll answer to either one. And it's, it, it was a little weird at first where I have people, you know, a few years ago, yelling fancy at the, oh, you know, the state people, fair. People it's like, come what? up to Megan and they're like, you're fancy boots. <laughs> <laughs> they love, especially when her hair is all wild. Yeah. So Bob Blue, you brought, I always, you're one of the names where you put them together. Bob Blue. <laughs> um, you brought. Thank you. And now to sing our national anthem, Nadia Osborne. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light? <laughs> that is awesome. So Last for, from the so, past. Uh, just for some context, um, in 2013, 13, mm -hmm. which was 10 years yeah. ago, October 10 years ago. Um, my oh, So my uncle had ALS. He was a Marine. Um, he passed from ALS. And so my family gets together and, and walks and does events and helps to raise money for ALS. And my da our daughter, Nadia, when she was little, would like to sing the national anthem. And so she sang it at a couple of events for the ALS crew. What Our friend Whitney organizes them. And um, so she was invited to sing it at this one. And there were so many people. And Nadia just snatches that mic from you. <laughs> and she just goes. So that was, it was really cute. And you introduced her. And that's when we first met. She was ready to go. I, I did not remember that I knew you through that first. Like you, you brought that up to me. And I had no idea. And uh, seeing that video is just awesome. We've, we've done so many of those now. And, uh, and, and, just continue to fight for ALS. I'm still on the board for the state of Texas. We hold a golf tournament and party usually in April or May. Uh, we're going to do our 10th one this year. So uh, we have just, uh, it's funny to think where we were 10 years ago and how far uh, the progression toward finding a cure for ALS and finding a reasonable way to live with ALS has come. So uh, we, we continue that fight, but uh, is your daughter still singing? No. <laughs> 
No, she, you know, there's we laugh. I laugh about this with her, so we'll say it to, on the air. Um, there's an age where your singing is super cute to where you actually have to be able to be a good singer. <laughs> She's like, she can hold a tune and she belts it out, but singing the national anthem, which we talked about last mm -hmm. week, with um, that's a hard with, yeah, yeah, play of a play, play, of a play. <laughs> there is a level that at some point, okay, it's it's super cute. And then also now you need to know how to sing. Sing. You gotta sing. You gotta sing. You gotta know how to sing. Yeah, she can carry a tune, but the national anthem's another level. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I mean, for most people, it's another level. Anyway. Oh, I mean, I listen, I still do karaoke every now and then when I get the chance because I love doing it. I'm a I'm a terrible singer, but you go to these bars, Careless Whisper by Wham, obviously. Uh <laughs> But but you have to like you have to embrace it, and, and there are a lot of people who you go to these bars now, and it's just like sorry, drop some. Uh, it's just like professionals now. It's like everybody has a great voice, and I'm like, no, like I'm terrible. Like let's go let's go sing terrible songs and hear terrible people get on stage yeah. and sing. That's the whole point of karaoke. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, I, see, I knew I liked you. We have to hang out sometime. We are going to have karaoke <laughs> okay, at some point. Karaoke it is. She, she, yeah. I try to get, I try to drag you to karaoke bars often. Oh, I, I like karaoke. It's yeah. fun. I, and I'll get up and have a fun, do a fun song. That's fine. It just depends. Yeah. No, I'm, I love. What's, what's your go-to? Your go-to karaoke Um, song? I will survive. Yeah. I will sing that. That's I'll get solid. up there and do it. I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, there was a bar in this in that vicinity of where we were in tuscaloosa and on thursday night we went and sang karaoke at a bar there and i did um bombs over baghdad by outcast so like you've got to have over baghdad. <laughs> yeah. you can sing that fast like oh yeah the whole thing i know impressive. every word it's ridiculous that's I impressive. Wow. I, I am a Benny and the Jets girl yes, personally. She, oh yeah. And and that one to me is very performative. Like I can't sing, but I better have a wireless mic because I want to. I like. Voice. I want to work a crowd. You know, like I want to get in there and get crowd participation going because everybody knows the one line. So she came up to me with the mic, and I was like. Yeah, I was like, but, 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 come on, Rocky, Benny you're killing me. I just, I mean, we we grew, up, we grew up listening to different. <laughs> That's fair. That is. Great. I love uh, I love seeing Chris Bennett here because he uh, every like there's a George Michael day in the I think it's like in July I think it's July 24th and anytime there's like George Michael had a number one song at some point he'll tweet at me and be like hey, Bob Careless Whisper was number one on this day. I, like he always goes, so I love it. It's like, what's up, Stevie? I know uh, how Stevie awesome. has just that memory and that capacity to hold so much information and remember it all is beyond me. Like, I'm lucky if I remember my middle name half the time, right? <laughs> like, I but CB is always there with the the throwbacks and the the Longhorn trivia and on this day, it's mm -hmm. incredible, man. We we love him. We love him, awesome. and we love George. Awesome. We do, and we, we love George. Yeah. He died on Christmas, and my yep. favorite George Michael song is "Last Christmas." Mm -hmm. And ah, he died on Christmas. Okay. Oh, well, on that note. On that note. On that. Not Texas that. Football. <laughs> George Michael, renowned Texas Longhorn. <laughs> exactly. No. Seamless transition Seamless right transition. there. Beautiful. I love it. Well. Yeah. Whew, well, we were just talking. We know that it took life off of our years uh, <laughs> when we watching that game. Happy we came out with a win. I want your thoughts. You know, you you are the pro here. How you feeling about Texas football right now? I mean, so I know at some point you're going to ask for a prediction for this week. So I'm going to I'm going to go back to last week first, uh, and I'm going to. There's a reason. 
So I, I go on the radio in San Antonio every week at around 4.15, and uh, it's my old boss, Joe Reinagle, who I've known since I was, I got 2004 when they hired me at Ken's Five, and I was there for three years with him, and now he's on the radio. And so I go on with him and Jason Minix, and last week they were asking me what I thought would happen in the Texas game, and I told them. And then I said, they asked for a score, and I told them. And they said, you have to realize you just totally contradicted yourself. And I said, how so? And they said, you just told us that Texas is going to dominate Kansas State and that the final score is going to be 33-30. Oh, and I was like – that score? I did. And I was like, you know, that actually, that actually is weird that, like, why would I say that they're going to dominate but they're only going to win 33-30? So I'm getting texts, like, late in the fourth quarter, and they're like, you're dead on. They dominated, and now it's a close game, whatever. And then the finals, 33-30, and then they just lost it. We all lost it. But it's really interesting because I told them, I was like, every time they play K-State, it's a close game. Like, it's just – it's Kansas State's nature to be physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the probably the most physical game they'll play all year, if not Oklahoma. I mean, obviously Alabama, but but in the Big 12. Um, and, and it's a good Kansas State team. Chris Klein has done a fantastic job there, making that – they were Big 12 champions last year. Uh, they're going to continue to be really good under him because he's just a really good head coach. So uh, I wasn't – I was surprised with the first half on the Kansas State side. I had no idea what they were doing offensively. Um, you've got to know going into the game you're not going to be able to run the ball up the middle against Devontae Sweat, Byron Murphy, and the rest of that line. And they just – I mean, Texas was dominant, and give Texas credit, but, like, Kansas State was doing nothing to uh, to do anything offensively that made any sense. So – you kind of figured at some point something was going to happen. Now, nobody figured touchdown, interception, touchdown, fumble, touchdown in a six-place span or whatever. But, um, you know, like I think y'all, y'all may have said this a little earlier, it, it really does show the resilience of this team to find a way to win this game. Um, because when you get hit in the face like that, number one, with all the pressure on you, knowing you have to win every game to guarantee yourself a spot in the Big 12 title, they can lose and still get in, but, but you don't want to deal with all the scenarios. You have to win every game. So that that's the number one thing going into a game. And then number two, you're up 27-7 and probably should have been up 77-7. And instead, it, that sequence happens and all of a sudden it's a tie game and you're like, what the hell just happened? And so you've got to recover from that. And I thought, number one, let's start with Malik Murphy. I, his start was unbelievable. 11-15, 175 yards and touchdown. And then from that point until the final drive, he was three of 11 for 12 yards and two interceptions. And then the final drive, he was five of eight for 62 yards. So, you know, there's a sense of he's a freshman quarterback in his second collegiate game. And nobody wants the reason. And and I get it. Texas fans can't get their minds there because they're in a legitimate national title hunt right now. There is a chance that Texas will play in the college football playoff, and we're at November 8th. Like, that hadn't happened in obviously ever in the college football playoff, but no. in 14 years. We haven't, been in, we haven't been here. And so I think it's very different, from the, a different mindset when you can step away from all that and say, yeah, it was a roller coaster, but it's going to be a roller coaster because he's a, he's a freshman playing his second collegiate game, going through his redshirt year last year coming off all the the injury stuff last year and making his way back after the injury in the state title game. um, All of those things, I think, lend itself to you're going to have to find a way when you've got that guy at quarterback. Not because he's not good, but because look at Quinn last year. His first start, his second throw was an interception. Uh, 
there are things that you see. Now, that's not to say I think Malik Murphy's the answer long-term or is or isn't. Um, I think we know what Texas believes is the answer long-term in Arch Manning. Uh, but there are some interesting, a lot of interesting scenarios on that front, too, with if this Quinn Ewers injury ended up being more serious or whatever, and he decided to come back, if Malik Murphy decided – like, there, there are a lot of things that could happen. But I think in the end, to get away with a win um, was awesome. They needed it. And I think it probably – not that they need a seventh wake-up call on playing four quarters, but – you, you get early in the year, they finish in the fourth quarter and they're dominant in the fourth quarter. Then all of a sudden, well, you can't, you're not starting fast. Okay. Well then they start fast and then the finish goes like that part of the roller coaster has to change at some point. And I think these last three games are probably a, a pretty good chance to, to play four quarters of good football because they're playing three very average football teams. Their last three games of the year, regardless of what you think about going on the road to Fort Worth and Ames and, and home against Tech and all the Texas that we hate Texas. Every um, this is a really good opportunity for them to show who they really are. Yeah, yeah. These are sorry, all. Sorry, I'll just sorry, I'll just ramble for. No, no, that's great. That's why you're here. We yeah, can, we can listen to you all day. We love it. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, these are very winnable games. That you know, the rest of Texas's schedule, all very winnable games. Be favored by double digits in all of them. And and yeah. I mean, yeah, the the hurdle was Saturday. They had to get past Kansas State, and right. they should be fine to get. Have to stay focused and not right. let, you know, everyone wants to play spoiler now. Everyone wants to be the one that got Texas out of the talk, right? So they have, yeah, embrace the hate. Yeah, absolutely. And I, well, the and, night game. And I thought, Jay, real quick, I thought Jalen Ford had a really good comment on that this week. He said uh, on Monday when we talked to them, he said, you know, one of the, every time in November somebody sneaks up on you and does something that, and, and you look back with regret. And we don't want to look back with regret. We want to have this month that we look back on and we go, we were dominant all month. Now it's our chance to move forward into the Big 12 title game. Yeah. Good. Focus. Uh, absolutely. I, you know, that's something, again, we, we've talked about this on the show. A lot of folks have said it. Texas hasn't played a complete game yet. Texas hasn't played up to the best game that they can play. Alabama was dang close, right? Mm -hmm. that, was a, that was an excellent game, but there were still some things that could have been improved. I'm encouraged by that. All things considered, looking at like exactly like you said, we you, Malik is on his second start. We knew there were going to be some some hiccups. We knew there were going to be some growing pains, right? Mm -hmm. We've had injuries. And again, to be clear, like there's a difference between excuses and logic, right? This is the injury cycle that Texas has gone through, the the key players they've been missing and still been able to plug those holes. In years past, we wouldn't have been able to do that. The depth that this team has and that it's next man up mentality and people are ready. There's a reason the ones are the ones, but everybody on this team has been ready to step up and fill in when they needed to. And I feel mm -hmm. like that has been a really encouraging thing to see. And again, I, I think that speaks to the culture that, that Sark and his coaches are building, um, the buy-in that the players have. It, it, this is encouraging. You know, I, I feel like the playoff discussion is premature we are certainly in the running for it it, it is a it it's, is a it's thing that is possible, on the table not not necessarily probable but it's possible but mentally yeah. you know I kind of look at it like baseball last year right there our baseball team last year had no business playing for a big 12 you know title and they did and they took it and that's awesome they were ahead of schedule I feel like that with football right now right we're the fans are starting to kind of get that taste and get ahead of schedule and we're excited. And now we're starting to talk playoffs when 
the goal for this season all along has been Big 12 championship. So I, you know, I let's let's talk a little bit about the the K-State game. Maybe some of the things turnovers played a big role. Bobby brought that up earlier. Um, what do you think led to that? Is this a mental thing? Is this a not prepared? What what were your thoughts on the turnovers? Okay, let me let me go back to one thing you said though, because I think there's an interesting point to be made about looking ahead and what you're building and all those kind of things. Sark has built this program the right way. I mean, the, the way you become Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, uh, Clemson, Oklahoma type program is you have depth and they have depth everywhere. I mean, literally every position has two or three deep where you look and go, the future looks really bright. But I'm going to point to the Texas Rangers for a second because I'm a Texas Rangers fan. But more importantly, yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> um, but more importantly, because of this, when you have the opportunity, you have to take it. Everybody that I'm friends with that was a Rangers fan was like, this is all great. This has been a fun playoff run. Awesome. But like, you know, they're probably going to get beat by the Astros in the ALCS. So they're probably going to lose the World Series, whatever they lose, whatever series. But this is all building toward next year. But the problem with next year is you don't have Tavondre Sweat next year. You don't have Quinn Ewers next year. You don't have Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell and Christian Jones. And you start going through the long list of guys you don't have anymore. And that's the bigger issue I have is when you're seven or eight and one now and the playoff is in front of you, their goal needs to always be the big 12 championship first and foremost, because without that, you don't get to the playoff. And I get that. But when there's an opportunity, you got to take it. And I think this team is good enough to win the national championship. I said that before the year started. I say that now, if they run the table, they're going to be in the playoff. This stuff always works itself out. Um, I know Herb Street said last night that Alabama's not getting in over Texas. We'll have to see that to believe it if they're both 12 and one looking to get in that spot. But I, but I wouldn't doubt it. Like, I think that at some point you've got to carry the weight of the win in Tuscaloosa and say they're both 12 and one. They played each other. They won on the road. But we did this in 2008 with Oklahoma too. So you never know. Mm -hmm. um, but I just want to get that point out there because I think it's really important for Texas fans. People want to tell Texas fans how to feel. Feel however you want to feel. If you're mad that they're seventh and they should be ahead of Oregon, fine. I don't. That's great. I think it's awesome if you want to be mad about it. It doesn't matter. Like in the end, none of this matters right now. They'll look at the full resume when the season's over and they'll just determine who they're going to put in the playoff. Um, it's just banter for talk, which is great. I think it's great. We all need to talk about it because it's it's all fun and it's all. Uh, I mean, look at Baylor and TCU in 2014. Those two teams thought one of them would be in the playoff for sure. And then neither one of them got in because Ohio State won by 59 in the Big Ten title game. So, uh, but back to the point of all this, I just think it's really important that not for the, not so much for the players. They, they, I think the players can push a lot of this stuff aside, but I think Texas fans need to get into the mentality of this is our year. This could be our year. Whatever year it is could be our year because we're in position to do it. And you don't get this chance very often. What happens if next year they lose to Michigan and they lose to Georgia at home, they're out of the, I mean, it's over. You're over into October. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know the, it, the playoff expands and we go into all that, but I just, you, it's just a different time now. And this team is good enough to win the national championship. I don't see any reason they, they can't win these last four games and put themselves in position to get into the playoff. Um, I don't think there's an elite team in college football this year. I don't think we've seen anyone be elite yet. And, and so I think I'm not to, I, I'm not to belabor this. I just think it's really, 
this is a real opportunity for Texas to win a national championship this year. Yeah. And they're going to have every chance to do it down the stretch by winning these last four games. Okay. Wow. Back to turn back to turnovers. Sorry. I I love, yeah. No, you're good. I love it. That's, that's, that's exactly, you know, I love that. Is that kind encouraging? Of is that encouraging? It is encouraging. Is like okay. everybody get excited, <laughs> expect playoffs. Let's go. I, I have a question. Yes. You mentioned the, depth, yes. the, you know, the depth throughout the yeah. roster. Um, we, we see the value in when there is that depth to rotate players, you know, get people experience. You trust the next, you know, second or third man up to, you know, get in there and play and cover. Um, but also with that, we've seen some really struggles in communication or there's that not that always that consistent connection. So talking about the back three, you know, the DBs are switching out a lot, which is great because the young kids, the young ones are getting experience and they're getting good. But do you, when, when Sark has asked that question about, well, maybe you're not some people too much, but maybe there's a little too much in and out um, that you're missing those connections. What are you seeing? When, and he kind of says, well, that's great because it means we haven't played our best game. But do you do you see that it's worth the the risk? Like the risk risk is worth, reward is worth the risk? Or Yeah, I know, I know what you're asking. Yeah, I, I think um, <laughs> there's, I, I think there's so much, there's a lot of talent in that secondary and they're trying to figure out the right mix of who needs to be where Ryan Watts has to be on the field. I mean, I think that's number one. We saw what they're like when Ryan Watts isn't on the field. Mm -hmm. um, John A. Barron has to be on the field. Now he plays an interesting position and sometimes teams take him out of the game entirely. Like we saw against Baylor. Um, those two guys are critical. I think some of those safeties that have come on, it, that's been a real encouraging sign. Michael Taff has an interception in three straight games. Uh, I know we got to hear. I figured you'd go like this with a sh Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's what I figured we'd see. Uh, but Michael Taft's been terrific in the secondary. Um, Derek Williams has really come on strong. And I, and I think maybe if people didn't know about him in the preseason as a true freshman, I think there was a lot of excitement around him, at least behind the scenes, if not even a little bit publicly. Um, he's starting to really play well. Malik Muhammad has had moments, but again, it's going to be the inconsistency sometimes with freshmen. Right. Uh, so you And you can go through this list, right? But What's interesting to me is going to be on Saturday, is TCU just going to start trying to throw over the top? Because that's what's beaten Texas. And BYU didn't really try to do it. K-State didn't really try to do it until the fourth quarter. And then they figured it out. And they're like, oh, we should just throw it downfield. Um, so it'll be interesting. That front seven is awesome. It's beyond awesome, what they've done on the defensive line. But at some point, a team's going to say, and Oklahoma a little bit did it, but a team's going to say, we can throw it over the top against these guys. And when they figure that out, and maybe it's TCU this week, Texas is really going to have to not just adjust, but that back back four, back five, back six is really going to have to play well. Mm -hmm. And we, we've we seen it in spurts. I, I think Ryan Watts is, is – they're not going to throw to his side of the field a lot. They're not going to throw at John A. Barron a ton. Um, but you've got to have everybody else kind of step up in those moments. And – We'll see what happens in, when when that secondary is really tested. I thought, and, and I've, we talked about this a little bit Sunday night on our on our show. My favorite play of that game Saturday was the fourth down in overtime, not because it won Texas the game, but the communication that they had for Ryan Watts to sit in his way, for them to deke Kansas State into thinking they were playing man to man, and instead they were playing zone. Mm -hmm. their fullback runs out and and if Ryan Watts goes with the receiver it's a wide open touchdown and this game's over um 
and we're not having any of the conversations about the college football playoff. Uh, but instead, he sits down on the route because he's in zone, and he deked them into that. And then, of course, Byron Murphy throws the guard five yards backwards almost into Will Howard. Baron Sorrell comes off the edge. They, he, Will Howard never had a chance. But if you watch that play across the board, Ryan Watts and Jaron Thompson communicate to each other. This is what's getting ready to happen. Right. And when that happens and, and you start to see that, that's when you know the defense gets it. So if nothing else, I think that's the positive sign that the secondary is okay because they're, they're going to get it. Um, they just had some lapses in that late, you know, the touchdown that to end the third quarter was just, I think both those guys thought he, there's no way he's going to stay on the outside. Um, and he just tiptoes the sideline. You've got to make the tackle there, obviously. Um, and then the blown coverage on the, on the touchdown down the field. But otherwise, they played pretty well. So I think this weekend will be a more of a text. Obviously, I mean, Josh Hoover threw it 58 times last week or 52 times, whatever it was. TCU is going to throw it around a lot. It's just going to be whether or not Texas is, is you know, as prepared for that as they need to be. I like that. You, oh. you, your gears are turning. <laughs> I can see them going. Well, and, I, and you mentioned well, I Will too. Howard, like – I'm sorry. Like, like you mentioned, Will Howard said after the, in his press conference after the game, he thought he saw a man, they dropped in coverage and it was just, he was confused in that moment. And then he had to hold the ball. So exactly what you're saying is what the quarterback said he saw, like it just switched to what he was expecting because you can see Watts give that little nod. Like I, I got this. I mean, they just looked at each other and knew, and that's the kind of communication that you get when they know the film, they know what they're, what they're expecting. What, and then they communicate with each other that those kind of things are just that that's I, it's so beautiful i love what yeah everybody knows i love what <laughs> no it but it is and it's and it and i'm not a i don't go to back and break down a ton of games like i don't go back and watch play-by-play over and over and try to figure out what what they were doing but we have alex okafor come in studio on sunday nights and he breaks down some of that stuff and i watch a little bit of on my own too and it's just really interesting once you start to see it connect what it actually looks like and what it's supposed to look like and you know, when you when you blow a coverage and they throw a 20 or 25 yard touchdown, you also see what that looks like. And so, you know, that's the to me, that's got to be when they go in on Sunday and watch film. That's almost got to be in some ways fun. I know people don't probably think of film study as fun, but you've almost got to be like when we're this good and we see what it, what the connection looks like this is how we know like two years ago i bet film was awful i would you wouldn't want to been in that room at any point two years ago you wouldn't want to but now you bus. look at it especially with bo davis on that bus mm-hmm. um but yeah you just you really you really start to see it and i think it's a it's a really special thing you mentioned turnovers a minute ago megan the tcu is prone to turn the ball over so uh hoover's thrown an interception in every game he's played all five games this year uh, at least one uh, this Texas defense obviously has a has a tendency to to create at least a turnover or two a game. Um, defensively, I thought you know again Jalen Ford with the fumble, Michael Taft with the interception, those are huge plays. And but then to give it back, I mean Jonathan Brooks never. That's if I'm not mistaken, that was his first fumble in Texas. Yes, I asked Bianco that yeah. after the game, and I was like, was that his? That was his first fumble, right? He's like, yeah, I can't think of another one. He goes, I'll make sure, but. When when things snowball that way, those things happen. And uh, sometimes that stuff just happens. Now, Malik obviously was a different story with his interceptions. Uh, well, the second interception. The first one, Jonte slipped coming out of a route. But yeah. the second one was absolutely 
you've got to throw that ball away. And and he's had there were probably three or four more that either could have been picked or were close to it. So um, that's the stuff they'll work on with him. If Quinn doesn't play, I think we're, I think we're, I think this will be borderline. I think probably tomorrow will probably be the day they'll know. Maybe today, I don't know um, whether or not Quinn's going to play. But when you go from saying Quinn's week to week to saying Quinn is day to day and he's throwing, you know you're close. Mm-hmm. And I think they saw last week if we're going to be in that Big 12 championship game, we've got to get Quinn Ewers back. Not because Malik's a bad quarterback. Just it, It's just where you are right now. The experience. And, the, yeah, the experience. Just, and, yeah. So yeah. on that, you mentioned that um, strip fumble, Ethan Burke, too, and then yeah. Jalen Ford. Two amazing things happened. Well, several amazing things. But Burke to tie up, wrap oh, up Howard's um, arm so that he couldn't. Pin him. Yeah, he pinned mm-hmm. him and held him in. And then also Jalen Ford never gave up on that play. Like it could have looked down and he stayed fighting for it, pulled it out, came out with it, you know, clear uh, control of the ball or possession of the ball. So when they went to review it, you can see, you know, Burks ha- got, has him tied up. And how smart is that? Yeah. Um, how, what great coaching yeah, he, he comes from such good well, development. Uh, how smart said, he, is that? He, Ethan said he didn't even really know that he wasn't purposely trying to do that. He was just, he was in the moment of the play and he was grabbing him and whatever. Yeah. And I think he probably thought like, if the ball's loose, I don't want him to be able to get it back. Um, and yeah, Jalen Ford, the motor that never quits uh, going to get that ball. I thought the other interesting thing on that play, well, two things. One, when Ethan Burke got around his man, he got to Will Howard and instead of going in for a sack, he went for the ball. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, you know, even for a young player like Ethan, Ethan Burke to have the mindset to do that is really good. The whole play happened because Jade Barron jumped the route and he knew what was coming. And again, we go back to that communication. That's a great example of film study paying off, the defense, the defensive scheme paying off, and then Jade gets in that route and Will Howard has nowhere to go, so he's got to stop throw, his throwing motion. And now all of a sudden, here comes the pressure. So there, you know, if that if the defensive backs can play that well and and cut off some of those routes it's going to give that front seven the opportunity to get to the quarterback um because pressures are great but sacks are way better and (laughs) sacks give you a chance at a turnover and so i know everybody wants to talk about how much pressure they've had and everything they've done but but when you get that opportunity to to create a turnover that's that's they had those opportunities and they made that happen Absolutely. Hey, Dave, we have a question from Dave. Is Quinn Ewers playing on Saturday? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Different one. Um, but yeah, Dave, we just, we just, you're joining us just at the right time. Um, we haven't heard any official word, um, but as Bob was saying, Quinn has gone from week to week to day to day. So the signs are all pointing that it's heading the right direction. Um, you know, no official word right now, but right. that. It, if I were a gambling girl, I would say we're probably going to see <laughs> number three out there. He wants to play. They want him to play. I, I, let's see. Right? Is it a pain play, pain tolerance issue more than anything? Yeah, I think I think that's where they are now. It's okay. it's can he throw? Can he do the things he needs to do? It, it, he doesn't necessarily need to be a hundred percent, but you also don't want to take the chance that he gets re-injured. And so he's got to be well enough that they can put him in a position uh, to go out and play. Where if he goes and runs. And he decides to take on a linebacker or a safety like he's done a couple times, which slide, throw it away, slide, just curl up into a ball. 
All right. Get down. <laughs> All right. We have a question from the chat. Um, who doesn't get enough credit for how they played this year? All right. Let's do. Uh, let's do a couple here. Uh, I think on the back end, I would go with Derek Williams. I think. I think people are just starting to see who he is as a true freshman playing safety. Um, he can light people up, but he can also play really well uh, with the the coverage schemes that that they run. Um, I think. I think Derek Williams for sure. I, I got to give some love for both Burt Auburn and Ryan Sanborn. Uh, Burt Auburn started out a little slow, uh, but I, I think he was three of six at one point or something to that effect. But but he's been nails. And for a team that really last year didn't really know who the kicker was going to be, nobody really knew a whole lot about Burt Auburn. And then he, he hit the – I think the thing that really gave him confidence was the 49-yarder against Alabama with a minute 19 to go to put him up 20 to 19 or whatever, whatever it was, 19-17. Um, but he was consistent. He was pretty good last year. He's been even better this year. Uh, you see Sark's beginning to trust him. We, we kind of joked, like, all the red zone issues. We're like, did Burt do something? Like, Sark doesn't like him anymore? Or, like, he just hates field goals? Like, we don't know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> but but that said, I, I think Burt's been great. Ryan Sanborn's been unbelievable. Uh, he has – And, it, again, it's, it's the punter. So, I'm not – I try not to get like – but like you know, Michael Dick, Michael Dixon won MVP at the Texas Bowl because he was that good. Right, when you yeah. pin teams deep like that, that changes field position. It changes the momentum of the game. You pin somebody inside the ten, or you have a fifty-five yard punt, or whatever it is. It changes everything. And I think Ryan Sandborn's been terrific. Um, offensively, uh, I don't know. I feel like it's the same guys kind of doing everything every week. Like there's not like been. I mean, we didn't know what was going to happen at running back. I think C.J. Baxter has been good. Um, I think Jonathan Brooks has been elite. And he was dinged up last week, I think. There were some things going on that didn't make a lot of sense. He went into the tent at one point. Yeah, he, he came out like – like I don't know if it was his neck or if it was his shoulder or what it was, but when he came out, obviously we saw C.J. with a 54-yard touchdown run. Um, I don't know. I, I like to say Jonathan Brooks just because – I don't think you can give him enough credit for what he's done this year uh, in a position where they had two NFL running backs last year and question marks coming into this year. I think what Jonathan's done has been, I, I, I said two weeks ago, I said, we need to start talking about him for the Heisman because if Texas goes 12 and one, he's going to be pretty much the reason or the main reason they've had that much success at running back and he'll average 125 to 150 yards a game total. So um that probably won't happen just because there are some guys everybody loves the quarterback Bo Nix Michael Penix that kind of stuff and then Ollie Gordon at Oklahoma State's been unbelievable and if they get to the Big 12 title game I would think he would probably go over Jonathan but um but in the end I I think those are some good names I don't know if I'm missing anybody Anthony Hill's really come on strong too Anthony Hill's gonna be really good here yes he is I love this you realize how important a good punter is as soon as you don't have one ain't that (laughs) the god's honest truth that is for sure right Uh, but we want to make sure we get to talk a little TCU before you go um all right let's look I'm good and I'm in no rush I'm good okay well I know you have other things too (laughs) (laughs) all right so TCU coming in Night game. Talk about that atmosphere, Megan, at night. Oh. Night games. Do you think that affects um, the like Texas ten point favorites? Would they be a twelve to fourteen point favorite if this game was at two? Might be a yeah. fair question. If it was eleven a.m. the sleepy time, 
Sark lo- Sark hates night games. Sark wants to play like the second he wakes up. If he could play at six a.m., he'd go. Mm-hmm. Um, but for I don't know if it ends up mattering for the guys. I mean, they have to sit around all day, but so does the other team. I don't know that you get any kind of advantage. I think when you get out there at night, it almost jacks you up more because you're playing under the lights. It's like you feel like it's a big uh, atmosphere when the lights come on and and it's night and that kind of stuff. Um, but this is nothing they haven't faced before. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, TCU wants to beat Texas and whatever, but I just, I, I'm, it's not the craziest atmosphere they're going to be in this year. Right. Probably yeah. a good way to put it. And right. so, no Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I'll say yeah. this, my, my experience at MNG Carter, like it's, TCU fans can get up, they can get ready, yeah. they can get loud, they can get rowdy, but they are a fan base that is easy to take out of the game. They are, yeah. in, in my opinion, at least in my experience there, they've been quick to kind of silent down and 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 sit. So if Texas, obviously we, you know, the momentum swings, that's something you don't, you don't want to give up. But um, if Texas can take this crowd out early, I, I do think it minimizes, I mean, yeah, they're going to be amped to go. They're going to be ready to play Texas. But really, I don't see this being exactly like you said, Bob. It's not the most hostile place we're going to play. Can it be loud? Yes. But I don't think it's going to factor in as much as it could in other places. I just don't I, – maybe I'm – I mean, again, I, they're the only game this year that I feel like I've been wrong on, like really wrong. I mean, I joked about my prediction last week. I've, I've actually feel like I've had a really good feel for this. I mean, I, I said they were going to beat Alabama by double digits. Um I thought all of these, like, it's been kind of like, I don't know if I just get it now or I see, I've been around this game long enough where I'm like, yeah, you whatever. The only game I've been probably wrong on was Houston. I mean, I thought, I didn't even think that'd be a, a game at all, but. The rest of America, um, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Um, and I just don't, I thought maybe Ames was going to be tough, but like, I looked at the forecast, it's supposed to be like 50 at kickoff. Like, it's not going to be four and went sideways snow and wind and whatever. So like. I, I think they're kind of going to get away with this these last three games. I don't. There's not a team that can stay with them out of TCU, Iowa State, and and uh, Texas Tech. And I don't have a lot of concern about them winning these last three games. Like I, I mean, they should. They need to stay focused. They need to do all those things. But like, it just doesn't feel like any of those teams are going to sneak up on Texas and you know whatever. Like I just both these next two weeks are night games, which I think would focus you even more. Cause you, you're like, Oh, they made this a big deal. This crowd's going to, it's going to be a big deal to this crowd. Um, they know that these teams want to beat them and whatever. So I, I just don't, it's probably dumb to say because I'm sure something will be close because it always is. And they haven't exactly shown the, the tendency to play for four quarters yet this year, uh, except for really Alabama. Um, well, there are a couple other ones, but, but for the most part, they haven't. So it's probably dumb to say it. I just don't – I don't have a lot of concern in these last three games. I think they'll be in the Big 12 title. See, I will say, like, Ames, wow. at, Ames at night worries me. I've, I've said that from the beginning of the season. Just for the sole reason that, like, weird shit happens in Ames at night. It just <laughs> does. It is a weird true. place at night. That's all, but – the more I've been looking at it, like I've been keeping an eye on the available tickets and whatnot. I have never seen Ames have this many tickets available for a Texas game mm-hmm. or this many tickets available this cheap for a Texas game. So I'm kind of getting the feeling maybe, you know, and talking with some of my friends up there, maybe they're not 
quite as amped as they usually are uh, when Texas comes in town. So again, that works to our favor. Which I think they, I actually think the, I think they need it to be amped. Like I think, <laughs> I think Houston was so sleepy that when we made up twenty one nothing and like there's just kind of a dead stadium, you you can it's easy for. I always I try to I try to keep in mind the college kids' mindset too because I've watched these games for forty five years now. These kids are like they don't know they don't know the difference in playing Texas OU, the national championship game, or going to Kansas when there are 400 fans there. Like it's, it's so different. And it's so easy for college kids to fall into mindsets that we all know you can't fall into anymore because it's their first time going through it. Same thing with Malik. It's like, it's Malik's second game. Like you got to give him a little bit of a break. Um, so I do think that's an interesting point. Like TCU, if it's amped, I think that helps Texas. If they get to I Ames, and it's sleepy and the fans aren't really into it, like that's when it gets a little like, okay, like what it like we're gonna blow these guys out, whatever. And then you start getting in the wrong mindset. So um it will be interesting this weekend. I, I saw tickets for TCU at like two hundred, three hundred, four hundred dollars. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, come yeah. on. That's so expensive. You can't just take your family to the. That's what it normally game. is, though. The third, the, it, the tickets have gotten secondary crazy. market when Texas comes to town, and then are, you got to pay another 70, 80 bucks a ticket for fees. Yeah. And, anyway, silly. what's all right? We have questions for you. What are three things that you think Texas needs to do to win in Ames? I'm yeah, sorry, winning. Win we're already looking well, ahead. You, you're talking I know, about Iowa State. We're play, we need to be focused on TCU this right. week. How dare we talk How about dare we look ahead? Game. No. Um, what? No, we talked about this. You're fans. You can do whatever you want. I That's why I'm already looking ahead. Right I'm like, now. I'm looking ahead to the Big 12 title game. Look at me. Like, I'm like, whatever. They're going to win these last three. What, what um, three things does Texas need to do to win? I mean, number one is turnovers. And it's not just turnovers because it's turnovers every game. And you can go through some of the stuff every game. But you can't, you can't let these teams get the idea they can stay with you. And the way you get the idea you can stay with you is with turnovers. If Texas turns it over, like BYU – through a pick six on its like first possession and TCU ran them out of the building and BYU is not very good, but I just think that when you give a home team momentum, uh, I, when Texas played there, was it two years ago or four years ago, TCU ran the opening kickoff back for a touchdown. Like when those things happen, that's when it starts to snowball. Um, I think number two is they've got to, I, n- I never know the best. I don't want to say all gas, no breaks. Cause it feels like that's we've we're past the point of, uh, there are breaks. There are always breaks. Um, put their foot on their throat, like whatever it is, whatever phrase you want to use. If they get any kind of lead, they have to find a way to make that lead 14 to 21, make 21, 28, make 28, 35, like get this over with because you can't let them hope. You can't give, if Texas gets down, they have the offense to come back. Like you, you can feel like, okay, if they're down 14, nothing early or whatever. Okay. They can come back. But if they get up 21, 28, nothing, same thing at Houston, I thought, if they put their, their foot on their neck, same thing with Kansas State. They, I mean, it was 17, nothing, and they had ample opportunity to make that 24 or 31 or whatever, and they didn't do it. And that's, that's how you keep a team in the game. Um, so I think that's number two. My number three is, I, I mean, I know we talked about, like, throw, the, the balls over the top, like slowing down the TCU uh, passing attack is going to be critical. I also think Texas really needs to run the ball. I think Sark doesn't – last week he talked about wanting to be 50-50 and having the balance and whatever. You don't need to have the balance. If you can run over a team, just go run over a team. And that's something that 
if Jonathan Brooks has 250 yards rushing and CJ Baxter has 150 yards rushing and that's your 400 yards of offense, awesome. <laughs> like nobody's going to complain about that. Um, and he talks about the we're, we're such a versatile team. We can win in different ways. Well, yeah. go win running the football because that's what you're really good at. And that's what Jonathan Brooks is really good at. We're seeing the emergence of CJ, CJ Baxter. Keelan Robinson can give you a little bit of it. Jaden Blue looks fast as hell. Like I, I think there's something there to be said for – when you find now, obviously you want to get the ball to X and Adonai and Jatavion and everybody else, but like, especially if Malik's starting, like just be okay with running the football and, and running it, you know, all over them and, and going to get the win. But I think I think those are those are probably the biggest in my mind. All right, I like it. Yeah. So don't turn the ball over, run the dang ball, <laughs> and put your foot and on, their on their throat. Step on their throat. That sounds like what they should do for the. Rest of the season. <laughs> I mean, well, how many carries do you think, um, say, Brooks, Baxter, and then give a two or three or so Keelan and uh, Blue share? But how many? How would you like to see the carries, Brooks, Baxter? Yeah, I mean, I, I understand where they are. I just think Jonathan Brooks has had the better year, and, and he should be getting more carries. Um, if he has – I, there have been games where, like, he'll have 22 carries for 150 yards and Baxter will have 16 carries for 60 yards. And you're like, okay, well, wh did he need 16 carries? Could he have had 25 carries and 10 or, you know, it's fine. I, I don't it, – it doesn't – they're winning football games, so it doesn't matter. But I just like to see Jonathan Brooks have the ball a little more, I think. It's probably my biggest thing. And it's not by a lot of carries. It's just by a few. I, I like that. One of one of my gripes, I think, that I had for this for the KSU game was it seemed like when Brooks would get some momentum and he'd have these breakoff runs and he'd go and he'd pound the ball and he's doing great. Then it was like, OK, change it up, put Baxter in. What? Like, I understand at one point Brooks was dealing with a little bit of an injury, maybe a pulled muscle, like you said, looking at his shoulder. And he might need a breather. I get but, it. You break off a 40 yard run and a couple more. You want to I get it. Like, but, but I just think that. Oh, the ones man. that bother me are like third and three. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, give the ball to Jonathan Brooks on third and three if you're going to run it. Like, not it's not a knock on C.J. Baxter. It's just how good J.B.'s been. That's it. There's, I think C.J.'s going to be fantastic here. I just love what J.B.'s doing, and I'd like to see him get the ball more. Unless Baxter breaks off a 50-yard touchdown right. on fourth yeah. down. I mean, there's that, too. And they did try that swing out later, but it got stopped. But yeah. that's all right. So you know what time 4 o'clock is for us? What? Have your I love it. <laughs> we have so Richard. I love it. Richard brings us. It's happy hour at four o'clock. Yes, it's we, we take our job very seriously here. It's just mango juice. I wish I had known that uh, in person on an off day was an option because I would totally margarita this up. Absolutely. Be ready oh, to go well, for it. You so. can come back anytime. <laughs> next time, join us. And it's that. four o'clock is happy hour. I'm, yeah. I'm always in for happy hour. Yeah. I love Oh, oh and Jessie. the puppy came up. She had to, she yeah, agrees with you. She She's was like, telling Richard, ruff, ruff, you're leaving me in here. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. We love it. We love it. So I do, I know we've only got you for a little bit longer. And again, we we so very much appreciate you. I know Absolutely. you have another gig at 4.15, so we won't hold yep. that long, right? So one more minute. I got to go. I gotta go make another correct prediction on the money again. Just okay, to, I'm just trying to. I'm just here to win people money. That's my whole goal. Is just trying to win people money. And give them. Need that. So I was trying. You know, here's the thing. Texas has scored no less than thirty and no more than forty in a game. 
So anytime you're going to pick a Texas game, you just pick a number in the 30s. And you try to pick one they haven't hit yet this year. I thought 37, but I feel like maybe they hit 37 against somebody. Um, but the number that popped in my head was 37-23. So we'll just go with that. We'll say 37-23. Um, so, and that's may, maybe TCU scores a late touchdown to get to 23. Like, I don't uh, I don't suspect that they're going to be able to hang with Texas on Saturday. Um, and they've been better at home. And I, I, it's the big, we got to beat Texas in our final game. Baylor thought that. Texas beat them 38-6. Um, you know, they're Kansas 40-14. to 14. Like, they're winning games by four touchdowns. So, I'm I'm of the mindset that they'll win this by a couple touchdowns, uh, cover the spread, and what's the spread? Ten and a half is that somebody ten somewhere around there? Now, yeah. yeah. I think they cover ten and a half, and, and, uh, and good, we'll go 37-23. I love it. Good call. Texas did score 37 against Rice in the home opener. 37. Oh, no. Yeah. What yeah. Number, so, what numbers have they not hit? They haven't hit 32 or 33. 36? Wait, have we had a 36? 39. Haven't had 35. Okay. Oh, no, we did have 35. BYU. Sorry. Oh, okay. So 36, we 23. Is that your. <laughs> yeah. 36, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll change it to 36, 23 just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> we got to find. I think they've only had the same number twice. Uh, I think like once, and it was like 30. It was Wyoming, maybe? 38. No, 34. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. It? it looks like not. I'm looking at the schedule right yeah, now. And, okay. Yep. That's a good call. It, oh, 31. Like uh, we had 31 against Houston, 31 against uh, Wyoming. There it is. There it is. Very yeah. different fields after each of you those You know, games. there's very few teams um, in the country that have scored 30 points in every game. Texas is one of them. So mm -hmm. you, you're right. We can count on us for a good 30 points. get <laughs> <laughs> Remember every game was 52 to 10 one year, like yeah. every game? I, that was nice. I think it was 09. I think they opened the year with 52 10 went over Wyoming and then just or something like that. And then just like they had 52 10, like we'd call Rocco and go. It was like, we done. It was weird. We're getting a little bit of breakup from your, your headphones, I think a little bit in and out, but yeah, I, but I will say this, I know like we all long for those long for yesteryear where, you know, Texas just comes in completely just curb stomps, whoever we're playing, but I will say college football has changed quite a bit. The landscape has changed quite a bit to see those huge blowout wins, you know, day in, day out. It's just not as common here. Yes. You get a few teams that can get up that high, but again, it's when Georgia or somebody is playing, you know, backwoods junior college state. I I don't know. I I I oh, love those games. Playing Michigan State. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> you know what? That hurts me in my heart. It hurts. And me Clark, in my heart. a little faster. We're doing weird things. We're like needs to run on in the first half or something. I can't remember what it is. There's something that shorten games. You just the, often yeah, shorten the games. Clock, yeah. The clock changes have taken a possession or so away. So several. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I will say, you know, I want to bring this up before before we lose you. Got to ask it. Big 12 refs. Gay we can name. talk about this. Yay or nay. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about this where Stark perhaps might not be able to. Do you feel that the officiating in the Big 12 has affected outcomes, has affected uh, how Texas plays, how Texas is scoring abilities? What are your thoughts on Big 12? Oh, I can on the other is, is this working okay? 
No, we're getting we're getting like every third word. Yeah, it's really. <laughs> We won't pause. We need the, the do, 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 do music. Okay, how about now? Is that better? That's Perfect. Fine. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it could be the internet. It could be my headphones. I don't know. That's but fine. Either way. Um, I think to accurately judge a referee crew, you need to lay out literally every play that they call or don't call or whatever, holding, pass interference, whatever it is. Um, obviously, there are bigger plays than other plays. So Texas is up 17 nothing. They throw a deep ball on the sideline to Xavier Worthy. It's obvious pass interference. They don't call it. The whole momentum changes. K-State goes down, scores a touchdown, 17-7. That game could have been 24-0 at the half. Could have been 20 to nothing at the half. Could have, whatever. Um, so, yes, I think there's an effect to some of that stuff. It's incredible that holding has not been called on with this Texas defense. It's, it's baffling. Um, why? I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning is. Um, but I'll say this. Somebody, I can't remember who pointed this out to me. might have been Ed Clements. But I can't remember who it was. They said a long time ago, somebody told them, there are politicians who are crooked. There are CEOs who are crooked. There are policemen who are crooked. There are firefighters that are crooked. There are doctors. There are lawyers that are crooked. What would make you think referees aren't crooked? And I thought, and it's not like all of them. It's not, and it's not necessarily a particular, like everybody wants to point to Kevin Marr against Texas because the three games prior to this every game he reps. Yeah. <laughs> his crews had called one one penalty against Texas in the last like three games. Um, I don't know what the reasoning is on a lot of it. I think Sark is approaching it the right way. He took a subtle dig on Monday and said, I don't know how our guys aren't getting held. And then he said, But I ask for tape. I we send in our complaints. Sometimes they come back and they say, You were right. We should have called that. Sometimes it's a learning lesson for us. But in the end, we don't have time in the middle of a game to worry about. So if Xavier Worthy gets that pass interference called against him, and instead of running back to the huddle, he's complaining to a ref, he gets a 15-yard penalty, or Sark complains he gets a 15-yard penalty, and then K-State gets a turnover on the next play. Like, all of those things change the game. So as much as it changes the game for you, if you're a player, you're just like, whatever they didn't call it, I got to go make a play on the next play. And if you can have that attitude, I think that's tremendous for a college player. Um, let your coach deal with yelling at the refs or calling whatever. Um, let the fans be mad. But if you can stay headstrong in the middle of the game, I think that speaks to the mentality of what your coaches have taught you and what you know is best for your team. And then you move forward and then you see what happens. Um, they haven't lost a game because of it yet. If you go to that Oklahoma, Oklahoma State game, exact same thing. There was a blatant pass interference on Oklahoma State that they didn't call that Oklahoma yeah. could have scored a touchdown. Um those things are what make people have conspiracy theories. <laughs> That's probably a good way to put it. And and we don't know if those conspiracy theories are true or false. We don't know if there's a ref purposely calling things. If, if everybody points to like, oh, your mark's saying, telling the refs, don't call this, don't call that. I don't know. I, I assume no, because I like, the against Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I like believing there's integrity in the game. But then you see everything that's going on at different places where – with sign stealing and all like at Michigan and all that stuff and all these other things that happen and you go, well, there's teams are going to cheat. Like that's just, it's the bottom line. And who knows what referees are doing? I just think in the end, you fans can be mad about it, but if the players can stay headstrong in the moment, that's probably what's most critical over everything else. Yeah. That's tough when they work so hard and 
that you know you're being dragged or your helmet's being ripped off or you're like <laughs> Megan put you got Frankenstein arms with the D lineman and it, it you you're having to beat two an extra opponent every time and that's what's frustrating is we see it we see it like the whole stadium I mean, yelling holding the and Houston game there was one I don't I think it might have been Byron Murphy or somebody where there was like there yeah, had like a chokehold on him and I'm like. What are we no. doing? Like, yeah, yeah, looking away. Yeah. Oh, I was looking at the quarterback's feet. Sorry. And he was right there. And yeah, I mean, it was a literal, <laughs> literal chokehold and his arms were outstretched. Like it doesn't get more obvious than that. It's crazy. But I love your perspective on it. The players can move past it. The fans can bitch and gripe. That's yeah. that's yep. what we're here for. That's, that's what, what we do. For. That's what Twitter's for. Right? Like, Snapchat. I mean, to snap the one photo of the rescue. Yeah. But anyway, no, we appreciate you. We know you've got to run and, and <laughs> thank you busy guy. so much. Thank you. We, you thank guys, you so anytime that I can come back on, I'm more than happy to do it. Yeah. But next time I'm coming on with a margarita. Yes. And, and karaoke. Those are the rules. And karaoke. We're going to have the karaoke ready. We're going to do a live show at a karaoke bar. I love yes. it. I don't know. Yeah. I hope BK is listening right now because boom. BK, BK new platform. you have a karaoke song. <laughs> bet you do. We love it. All right, Bob. Thank you so much we for joining us. We should all get together some night anyway and go do karaoke. Yes. 100%. Not right. just in Tuscaloosa. Somewhere else. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, right. I, this okay. is the one. I will say this is the one. One thing I keep saying to all my friends, I'll I'll run into a friend I haven't seen in a while. It's a Texas fan. He'll be like, "Hey, uh, we need to get together." Blah blah, blah. and I'll just write back, "Yeah, we should probably in Pasadena." <laughs> I and love it. Like, yeah, we need to go to Pasadena. Let's go. To, let's go have fun in the semifinal in Pasadena. See you in Pasadena, my friend. I, I won't be. A, I'll, <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm out of town. That's all right. We'll figure it out. All right, Bob. Thank you so much. We okay. appreciate you. All right, guys. Talk to y'all soon. Thank all right, sounds good. All right. Talk good night. Them. Thank you. <laughs> Get him. You got him. Yeah. All right. That awesome. was amazing. Good times. That was amazing. Good times. I hope everybody enjoyed it. He's just so cool. So he is. easy going. Yes. And nice. I had like a million questions. And I know we had so many questions, but to we don't need I love it. those questions. Were just in case we run out of things to talk about. <laughs> and we appreciate y'all for watching uh, as always and jumping in with your questions. We really love the interaction. We know that our guests love it too. So mm -hmm. keep them coming. We really appreciate that. Um, and if, did uh, did you by chance, those of you that are logged in and watching, if you had a chance to check out Covert Bee Caves this past Friday, we had Ricky Williams there, which was awesome. If, yeah, awesome. you got to meet Ricky Williams. And apparently, like, we were listening to um, Bucky and Katie, and they were saying, um, BK, they were saying that, you know, he had a good time there. He yeah. enjoyed, like, Ricky Williams. Like, Always do a good time. It, yeah, do it again, because he enjoyed meeting the fans there. <laughs> So if you are, um, if you got to go out there, if not, they're going to do it. Uh, they'll have these things Always again on Fridays to so be watching T at TS unfiltered, follow them and find out who, what Texas legends you can meet next, or maybe have another opportunity to re meet Ricky again, but go out there anyway. If you're looking for a vehicle, um, covert Buick, uh, covert auto group in, um, Bee Cave, 100 years. They've been in the Austin area serving this community with new and pre-owned vehicles. They have outstanding service and customer satisfaction. So go to Covert Bee Cave. It's 42 acres in Bee Cave, Texas, the beautiful hill country. Um, they have three new state-of-the-art auto dealerships carrying seven brands, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. Um, they also have a Covert Ford and Chevy in Hutto and Ford Lincoln in Austin. So 
covertbcave.com for all the latest specials and inventory. I love it. Did you see or the, made a Texas legend? Well, there you go. Did you see the uh, Jeep that BK drove down for pregame? <gasps> yes. Yeah. The beat wrapped. It looked yes. good. It looked good. Because we were at um, Crown and Anchor mm -hmm. Saturday morning and we got to do some fun pregame stuff. And that Jeep was bad, yeah, badass. Big, I was like, the big mm. boss gets all the cool toys. I was like, mm, I wonder, oh, did he drive it in? Yeah, he got nice. to, he got to rock that awesome cover. That was, that was beautiful. BK Jeep. I'm going to get my pink Jeep someday. Maybe. There you go. I, I like it. I hope it's Barbie pink. Are we talking like carnation or like hot pink? I don't know. Mm. See, I would do the hot. Pink. I saw a cool yellow Jeep today, but not the banana yellow. Yeah. Like, oh, was, they had the it, yellow Bronco. No, no, no. Not, that was, that's like the cyber orange, mm -hmm. right? It's a really cool sharp yellow. Mm -hmm. This was almost like a tint of neon green yellow. Mm. It was pretty neat. That's cool. And I don't like know. Highlighter yellow. Yes, almost. but it wasn't cheesy highlighter. It was a cool, edgy. <laughs> that's cool. Yellow. That's and fun. I was with Richard. I'm like, look at that yellow Jeep. It's not banana yellow. It was a cool, edgy Jeep yellow. And I don't know if that was a custom wrap. Or if it's a new Jeep color. So I'm going to ask you this. Your uh, Fiero that you have. or uh, Sorry, Figaro. Figaro. I do My that Figaro. every time. I yeah. call it a Fiero. It is not. It's a Figaro. It's super cool. Nissan Figaro. That's Porsche Racing Yellow. There you go. That's cool. Because I had it painted that color. Yeah. Porsche Racing Yellow. That's awesome. Anyway, so we have... Um, we're what. Thank you, Bob, for staying longer. That was amazing. Because we didn't know how long we'd have you. We were so lucky. Um, so we have... Three things that we wanted to we yep. want we want to say three good things about yep. Texas. Yep. Three, two, three, two, one. Yeah, three, three good, two, one. Two not good. <laughs> Keeping it real. One to grow on. Yeah. Because remember that you'd be like one to grow on. Remember that when we were kids. Yeah. Okay. I like it. All I right. Like I'll it. let you go first, Megan. Oh, thanks for that. Yeah. On this new segment that you mm -hmm. came up with, I like it. I okay. Well, yeah. Go ahead. I'm teasing. Three. Yeah, I did. Look, um, I the three good things. First and foremost, Texas keeps finding ways to win. I, bottom line, W. I don't care if it's by 50 or by three. A win's a win's a win, and we're still in this thing, and we're still where we want to be. And look, I'm because of Bob joining us, I'm going to shift my mentality a little bit. I, I tend to want to focus on the like, focus on the season goals, and then let's deal with playoffs. But mm -hmm. F it. Like, let's start talking playoffs. I, I like it. Let's so get excited. Surprised when he said he Me saw too. this as a championship team. Me and, too. And He's, I love he's it. He's been watching. If, if the man knows, the man knows. I love it. Um, so, yeah, look. That would be nice. So, my Texas keeps finding a way to win, and it's not always pretty. It's certainly not always perfect, but they're winning. And let's keep doing that. I like winning so much more than I like losing, mm -hmm. right? Like, let's keep doing that. This feels good. That so feels good. There's that. Um, I will also say I can see improvement in different areas in each game. So, for me, it's just that growth that Texas, you know, we're building, we're fine. We've got that foundation, you know, again, we talked about Sark's first year, a little rough, but he had to clear that foundation. When we're talking about building a house. When your foundation's crumbling, it doesn't matter what materials you put on top of it. Right. You're always going to have issues. So he had to come in completely start with a clean slate, build that foundation. I think we saw that last year, that foundation was setting, you know, concrete's poured, it's nice and flat, you're good to go. And now you're starting to bring this year, we're starting to see the, the buildings building a little bit, right? We're getting mm -hmm. there. So Texas is growing each game. We talked about communication. Um, it was blatantly obvious to me, and especially in the Houston game, we've mentioned this on a few shows before, there was just a lack of communication on the defense mm -hmm. with, with uh, the Houston game. And we have seen steady improvement on that. We were just talking about how great it was that Watts was communicating really well and sat home on that route, stayed home because he was in zone and they tricked him into thinking mm -hmm. that he was man to man. 
that wouldn't have happened last year. That wouldn't happen maybe even at the beginning of the season. So I feel like that is really solid progress. Um, and my third thing, I didn't have it written down. Uh, so we're just going to pull this out of my butt. I'm just going to say again, the depth, you know, we talked about oh, it a little a earlier on our show. I, I am, we were excited about the depth coming in at the beginning of the season. We were hoping we didn't have to utilize it. Mm. We wouldn't be forced to utilize oh, we're it. Using it, but we're using it. And, and again, we mentioned this on the earlier segment with Bob. Texas is coming in. It's that next man up mentality. The depth has really what Sark has built depth wise at every position. Truly, I feel that, you know, again, we're a little thin at, at DB right now, obviously. But but really with our, our line having to rotate the way that they are line rotating the way that they have our running backs having to rotate the way that they have. You know, when Jaden Blue comes in. He's ready to go, man. Like, mm -hmm. I, I feel... He explodes out of a cannon when you let him Yeah, listen, and, and Robinson, too. We are fortunate to have running backs like Jonathan Brooks, who I agree is having an incredible elite year. Mm -hmm. But we are so fortunate to be able to have Baxter coming in right behind that with him, the one-two punch, the, oh. the what is it, lightning and thunder, yeah, like our, you like to call it? Texas is RBU. Right. Like the depth in the running back room consistently year after year is just incredible having depth at quarterback i mean again quinn gets hurt please for the love of god learn how to slide but <laughs> yeah look malik comes in and he hasn't been perfect but for a guy a, a red shirt freshman that's getting his second start he managed the game well enough to mm -hmm. get the win for texas right and and our defense stood up when it needed to to get the win for texas so that depth, I think, is really important um yep. and i think that's a really good thing we have going for us good how about job. you what, what are your my three good um, my three good one, I'm going to go with special teams. The kick returning and punt returning has so improved. And I mean, let's give Auburn his love. He went, like we talked about earlier, he was struggling for a minute there and there was even questions. Yeah. Should another kicker get a shot? And the, the great thing, and we, Auburn got to talk with the media after this game, which shows you how, what a key factor he was in winning on Saturday, four for four um, and eight for eight since Kansas struggles, but four, he's been eight for eight in his last kicks and four for four on Saturday, mm -hmm. including some big key mm -hmm. ones to tie it in or take the lead. And so when he got to talk to the media, he talked about how much confidence Sark has in him and that if he had replaced, you know, stepped aside or, or someone else been told to kick that you can feel that, that you don't have the confidence in them. He said, Sark, Sark was consistent. Sark stayed calm with him and just said, go out there. We believe in you go out there and kick, go out there and kick and just stayed with it. So when Sark builds his relationships with his players, he knows what it takes to keep them motivated and focused. And mm -hmm. he didn't give up on Auburn when some fans did, you know, myself included, question, hmm, I wonder if they should try a new kicker. No, he stuck with him. And it's, you know, Auburn was the Lou Groza, which is the kicker of the year, right? Mm -hmm. a, a star of the week. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. No, it's great. All right. My second thing is, um, what do I have? Oh, the run game, uh, running the ball and stopping the run. Texas is number two in red zone defense, third down defense, number 10 in the nation in stopping in rush it, defense. That's incredible. Huge. Yeah. And we have one of the leading running backs um, in the country. Even now that Baxter is getting more carries, um, Brooks is still one of the top in the nation for running the ball. The schemes are there. The O-line is working hard. Um, runs, run and run defense, I think, are amazing. And one other positive is, all this development that we've been seeing, you mentioned the depth and which also the, the growth, mm -hmm. right? You mentioned that 
the all these individuals who are now on like national awards lists. Yeah. Butkus Award for Ford and then Kicker Awards and um, Baron as a Thorpe watch list player, a semifinalist. Mm -hmm. Like we have all these, which shows the development right. and the schemes are working. They're, they're committed to the program. That so, I love that, that narrative that Texas yeah, can't that develop players. Right. That's gone. That's gone. Yeah. Not that they're the individual awards are the end all, but when you have a good team, then you're more likely to be saying, well, who's leading this team? Who's really mm -hmm. driving it? And when you have players getting recognition, that's special. And I, I, that, that was cool that they showed Jalen. They asked Jalen Ford, do you even know who Butkus is? And he pulled out a picture from his wallet. Yeah, I love it. I love that old Butkus. school. Like, yeah, he pulled oh, out a picture from a wallet. Like, I love yeah, that. this is that's much how much, respect. Can you imagine how much that when he got notified that he was a semifinalist yeah. for that award? Can you imagine what that meant to him, yeah. knowing that he carried that picture in yeah. his wallet? Like, that's that was cool. You know, that's something that. I really want to commend a few years back when we um, were just doing the, the podcast, you know, through different podcast avenues, we had Tope on and, and, oh, yeah. and he talked about PK and how the, the, the fans need to be patient and, and, um, and, and wait and look, look at what PK was doing. Look at what coach flood was doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Tope didn't have Tope Amade. Yeah. Sorry. Former he, offensive line. Yes. He didn't have a ton of time with flood, but in the short amount of time he did, he made, leaps and bounds and he even as a player that was leaving you know that his year, time was coming up, right yeah. right he he saw this special mm -hmm. bond and and he saw what flood was his vision and what he was building and like i said that was three years ago and he said you know be patient it's, it's okay this it's year coming. was tough but it's coming just watch it and and watching that development mm -hmm. again we've we've given miss flowers but I want to keep doing it. Christian Jones's development has been absolutely phenomenal. Yes, you felt um, him not being there on Saturday. Absolutely, yeah. that that was a big difference. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. The development has been really, as a Texas fan, so refreshing, so refreshing, it's really to to see. And we'll see that with the and it, we'll talk about it another time. But the NFL draft mm -hmm. as it gets closer, you're starting to see more and more names moving up, moving up, like right. Uh, Tavondre Sweat and Byron, you know, Tavondre Sweat, like where he started at the beginning of the year to where people are putting him maybe top second, maybe first, bottom of the first. Could like, be a first rounder, yeah. He's, they're, they're just grading so high mm -hmm. and consistent and strength and conditioning. They're, they're healthy and not, I'm knocking. They're healthy <laughs> and they're they're just productive. And yeah, those are good. Yeah, All that's right. A, all right so, so let's keep it real. You got to You got to give let's me. Let's keep it real. Too bad. You got to give me your, your two negatives two, first um i'll just say two two things to work on sure. two things that need improvement sure two things that we can't play around needs anymore. improvement the red the red pen <laughs> on the paper needs improvement um it's not no joke pass defense yeah we're not even in the top 50 independent defending the past and we have talented athletes mm -hmm. the pass rush is improved mm -hmm. the linebacker play mostly pretty good mm -hmm. that i don't i still don't understand they did have, they're still playing a little tighter more often now, which is good. And and Sark talks about, well, we can play off when we've earned the right to do this, whatever, whatever. We're defend, the, defend the ball. Right. Like, so let, right. We want, I want to be back to DBU so bad. Yeah. Um. So I'll just say that. Pass Steve. Look for the ball. At least let's look get for, back. Around, let's get back ball. in the top 50. <laughs> that would be great. It's a good goal. When I see Texas in the top 50, I'm going to have a party. Good goal. Of, of pass defense. All yeah. right. Second thing that to to work on after we get to the offensive script, phew, yep. it falls off. And 
we talked about this earlier that people were like, oh, Texas is starting too slow. So now we fire out and then we fall. Like once we get off that offensive script, it's just or the like what happened with Kansas State this weekend when the defense figures out what we're doing and starts shifting their coverage and then we sputter. And I, I want not that I expect touchdown every play, but just a little move, more consistent. Move the ball when we had a chance to. Um, with a minute or so left and we couldn't minute run 50 the ball, left. a minute 50 left and we couldn't just get the first down to yeah. run out the clock yeah in regulation yeah that those caught that know, was disappointing that was disappointing that was um so those are my two to work two to work on all right so i've got two they're pretty simple uh it's red zone and red zone <laughs> those are my two listen i, I red zone offense offense i don't know what it's going to take to break and again this really they were better on saturday better but yeah. it still feels like Texas just can't get out of their own heads in the red zone. And I think that's something at this point, I, I don't believe this is scheming. I don't believe this is, you know, our guys not knowing the route. I really feel like this has almost become the yips, right? The, the execution. Like right. The saving on red has been stellar. Right. And then they just have a boop, 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 boop right. on fourth down. Looking, and, you know, I had said, oh, I'd love to see the red cat. Let's mix it up a little bit. We've had a lot of success with that. Savion Red's been a killer for Texas. Mm -hmm. And then this, the one time we try it. I like that. The yips. This it, is a yips. Yeah, it kind of feels like it. Because uh, apparently the ball is supposed to like pop over to Jatavian Sanders <laughs> and he's wide open standing there, but it just right. bloop, 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 The and, scheming was there. It was just yeah. the execution. Great play call. Right. Right. So I, you know, so if I can use it, if you will allow me yes, please. to use that as my two, I will say red, red zone, zone and, and red, red zone. zone. Um, look, I, if I'm going to be real and I'm going to give actual two, I just feel, and you touched on this a little bit, the hot and cold has to stop, right? Mm -hmm. The the Texas, and again, I think this is a mental thing. We either get comfortable because we're way up and then we're not quite as sharp on execution. You mean be all gas, no break? Yeah, look, we don't want to say that anymore. Perhaps that phrase has run its course. But yeah, look, I, Texas needs to keep that mentality. Bob brought this up as one of the keys to winning the game mm -hmm. against TCU. Put your foot on their throats and don't let up. I want to see that consistent anger, that consistent execution, that consistent mm -hmm. fire every drive, every every play, right? Again, perfect football doesn't exist. I get that. But it just feels like we get to a point and then for whatever reason we go, okay, we're good. Houston was a prime example. We saw it in K-State. You know, we get up big and then get comfortable and mm -hmm. then we're fighting for our lives again. I, I think Texas is a better football team than that. They are more capable than that. And I'd like to see that play out. All right. All right. One to grow on. One to grow on. I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, if I could say anything, it's going to be for the quarterbacks. And I'm going to say this for Quinn and for Malik. One to grow on is learn how to take care of yourself and learn how to take care of the ball. Mm -hmm. In Malik's case, we need to look at it where just throw the ball away for God's sake. Don't take yeah. the sack. Don't make a dumb, dumb play. Like, fortunately, I think overall taking the sacks but i think throwing the interception? right i think overall malik has been given a lot more shit than he deserves oh, by fans true, by true. by pundits i think he played a decent game he played a, there were some mistakes but the biggest one to me is learn when to throw the ball mm -hmm. away for quinn it's more about he's he had that kind of issue last year now it's learn how to slide <laughs> protect yourself 
You don't have to, you know, there's always something to learn. You yeah. don't have to be Sam Ellinger. <laughs> you know, you don't have to take everybody. You don't have to be number four from the shops. Right. Learn, learn how to slide, <laughs> learn how to protect yourself. I think that would, that'd be super helpful. He's built very differently than yeah, Sam Ellinger. Quite a bit. All right. All right. So what's yours? What's your grow on? I have one to grow on is the confidence and the versatility, the confidence in their versatility. And this to me is a two edged sword, right? The way we talked about this a few minutes ago, the way Sark says, Oh, we can win so many different ways. How about we just run the ball down their throat? <laughs> yeah. We can run the ball. Great. I would, you know, of course, if, if you just run, they're going to try and stop that and force you to throw. Yes, we know. However, if if there's a team that's weak in stopping the run, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> run it down their throats. Um, we just but, talked about our stable of running backs. But I do appreciate that they've built a roster where if defense needs to win it today, like Saturday, they can pull that off. Mm -hmm. If special teams needs to make a kick or really play the field position game like they had to do on Saturday, they can do that too. If offense, you know, when it when it's clicking, it's clicking, and they can drop mm -hmm. points like they did at Alabama and just really keep the other team having to play catch up, they can do that too. I would love for it all to be in to one work game together. I would love to be in all in one. That'd game. be amazing. That'd be amazing. Hey, y'all! For those of y'all listening, please throw us your three, two, ones. We'd love to see it. Tweet at us. Uh, you can tag me, Texas Fancy Boots, or tag Rocky Knows Best. And please, of course, tag at Texas Sports Unfiltered. So that's T S Unfiltered uh, on Twitter. We want to hear y'all's three, two, one. Give us three good, two bad. One to Two grow to on. work on. Two to work on, one to grow on. Those are different. <laughs> yeah, I you love can it. Grow on something that's growth uh, has has potential. I love and it. And our versatility has a lot of potential. Yeah, I agree. So so shout out to us. Let us know what you're thinking. We always love to hear from y'all. Um, and again, for we will give our predictions for the Texas TCU game. Rocky, uh, you I better pretty, come up with one. You were pretty solid on your pick. The 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 scoring was a little off in your pick, but the Point spread was pretty good. I said they would win, not cover, and a kick would win it. Yeah, you were you were pretty accurate with that. I but was you were good the closest the, to the score to the to the number that we would yeah, score. Yeah, you were closest to the number. A little yeah. bit off on how much we would do it. That's, That's all right. Okay. That's all right. So, uh, y'all, again, we'll talk TCU a little bit more towards the end of this hour. Um, but if you're going to be watching those at TCU, if you're going to the game, come say hi. If you're going to watch from home, I hope that you have an incredible setup. If you don't. You can get one from AV Consultations, y'all. a lot of good games. You need more Absolutely. TVs. You do. Set it up everywhere. Get your man cave going. Get your she shed going. Uh, again, it's the best time of year. This is our favorite time of year, football season, of course. Um, so go to AV Consultations. They will get you set up. Don't spend your time and your money blowing money at a bar, spending all the money on the drinks. When you can be comfortable at home, have the perfect setup, perfect temperature, beautiful 4k tv if you're looking say for that your own temperature yeah say your own temperature i like it so you'll get that av consultations will get you that custom tv hookup they've been in business since 1988 and they can hook you up the way they've hooked up thousands of central texans over the years so whether it's home theater home security like i said your man cave your she shed whatever you need they got you taken care of uh, just give them a call 512-255-8678 or check them out online avconsultations.com Good job, Megan. Oh, All right. It. So we're going to do we're nine games in and Texas still hasn't played its best game. Yeah. Agreed. CB, hmm. I'm right there with you. You don't think, well, I, let me, I, 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 I that. rephrase that a little bit. I think they've, I think their best game has, was Alabama, but they haven't played their most complete, most complete. And game. you, you, there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's still so many young people at different positions. 
there's still um dealt some injuries that kind yeah, of yeah we're still hopping around with cole hudson went out early in the season like there's still moving people around but I, rotating but I would, yeah but i could see that I yeah agree with cb like i yeah they haven't i think like like Sark says, the best game is still out there. Yeah. The most complete. Is that good or bad that their best game is still out there yeah. after 10? No, I get that. After 10. After nine games and going after into the 10. Games. Yeah, look, I again, this that is. makes us hopeful. This is a work in progress. And mm-hmm. something that Bob said earlier that I really uh, what How love. lucky were we to have oh, him? He was great. Um, but one of the things he said is, look, this is the year. This could be a national championship run for Texas. Loved hearing it. A little surprise, I know. Got me all verklempt. But listen, I think, I agree in the sense, we've talked about this before, where it's like, when you say Texas is ranked number seven, and I go, oh, geez, are we? Does this, yes. does seven feel right? But then you look at the teams ahead of us, and there is an argument to be made. Texas deserves to be ahead of X, It'll Y, and Z. It'll work itself out. It'll 100% work itself out. But This weekend, some of it. But one of the things that he mentioned was, Look, there isn't a dominant team this year. There isn't a yeah. There isn't one team coming out. You know, in years past, it could be Alabama, where my God, they just, just blow everyone. They're running out. through everybody. Yeah. You know or that they're going to be in it, and it's going to be crazy. Yeah. This isn't one of those years. Even and, yeah. And, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So there's a lot of potential here, where my perhaps battered fan brain goes, "What are we talking about this for? Why are we mm-hmm. saying?" But when you really look at the numbers, when you really look at it, yeah, Texas has not played their perfect game yet they haven't played up to like the complete game up to their potential on all levels we haven't fired on all cylinders perfectly in any one game yet and when you look at that I agree with the notion that Texas can beat anyone in the nation right now if we get to the point that we can be consistent we can play that game we can play our best and play our best at every level in the same game I mean I I think that's definitely Definitely a possibility. Yeah. Sal, we'll say hi to (laughs) Salvatore. Hi, ladies. Thank you for making my evening New York City commute bearable. Oh, we're bearable. That's the nicest thing anyone has ever said. We make things bearable. We love it. No, we appreciate you, Sal. You one of our one of our favorites. You always jump in. You're always always watching and and we appreciate you. Thanks for messaging in the chat. Yeah. Um, so we have quickly, we're gonna go go through quickly five mm-hmm. top stories yep five top five top stories in sports um bill self mm-hmm. signed for you yeah, yeah 53 KU. million yeah yeah he just it, re-signed for a 53 million dollar year for basketball coach That's, it was good of them to sign him before he loses twice to texas this year i know i like I'm, it i like that i like texas it. Ba- ku basketball coach good for him i mean he's a legend confidence. he is a legend multiple championships right yep Defends his house. I I appreciate it, but hey, good for him making his money. Yeah, sign now before you yeah. get embarrassed by Texas twice this year. Oh, three times in a championship game too. I love the confidence. <laughs> all right, I'm all in on Rodney Terry. I've been all in since he was. You have. I have been all. You have been I, a fan since day one. I have been a fan since he was on the sideline. Yeah, assistant coach. Mm-hmm. And I told Megan. Megan's like, I don't know. I'm like telling you i said i like him i just needed to see more before i was completely bought and i was all in and he's recruiting like a rock star they're gonna have one of the top Mm -hmm. signing classes in the country oh i'm all in on rodney terry okay number four yeah so we talked about it a little earlier so i won't beleaguer this too much but the big 12 refs is there any that is a new story because it affected ou too it did um now look i will say this there was a blatant missed pass interference um, that 
change momentum. It was a 14 point swing because immediately yeah. after that, that would have given us first down. Right. Potential 14 point swing. Potential, yeah. Right after that, we had the turnover and then KSU gets the touchdown. Mm -hmm. Things change if that pass interference is called. I will say there was a pass interference call against Texas that wasn't called that I thought was pretty blatant. Against us that they didn't call? They didn't call oh, so it against us. they just don't us. care about pass interference. Uh, that interference. might be it. And and I will say this with OU. That that particular missed pass interference affected the ability to score. That probably would have been a touchdown. But there were other points in the game where OSU turned around, played a great game. It is, it is a part of the game. Refs aren't perfect. I get that. But it does feel a little suspect yeah. to have one holding call against, you know, the Texas opponent called. I, it that well, feels seen, statistically improbable that we've seen. There's a couple people that are tracking. Thank you so much. Tracking over the mm -hmm. over the season calls against Texas and calls against the Texas opponent that game. And it's the, the difference is ridiculous. Yeah. Shockingly, like, everybody people play a perfect game right. against Texas every week. Shockingly, against everybody. the two most disruptive D linemen in the country. Right. And never is anyone trying to yeah. hold them. So, you know, there there is a question. <laughs> we talked about it. Yeah. Is there accountability? Probably not. We have to suck it up, buttercup, and move on. We right? do. Thank you for saying that. Suck it up, buttercup. Because, and I'm going to call this out, there are, and I understand, there was an egregious no call against uh, Stoops in that end zone mm. that should have been a pass interference and, you know, given them an op opportunity to score a touchdown there. OU fans are doxing the refs. Yeah, that's great. They are putting their names. That's they are putting their photos. They are they are Don't like do that. sending <laughs> tweets and sharing tweets for people to harass the refs. They said to leave shit on their doors. Yeah, they said they they've calling for people to be bothered. Yeah. And that's wrong. Yeah, don't do that. That's wrong. Don't I, do that. I don't have that kind of time in my day, All right. to be honest. All right. Number three, top 25. Yeah. How are you feeling about it? It's fine. It'll work itself out. <laughs> yeah, all right. I like it. It's fine. That's, yeah, I agree. The, the predictions came out. Texas still seven. Yep. I'm, I'll am i take it. Is uh, that three weeks in a row now that we've been number well, seven? Well, just two for the. Well, that's but like overall, like the AP yes, top 25, mm -hmm. staying right. Mm -hmm. Just be I'm in it. Just that. be in it. It'll work itself out. Yep. All right. Number two. Huge story. I got to talk about this. Huge story. We had, and I'm going to. This is like this kind of story. I, I got to, I'm going to butcher his this last is name. Like, this is it, is, is like, it. Ogun I can't say his Ogunbowale. last name. Ogunbowale. Thank you. This Ogunbowale. is this kind of sports story. Man, I love this. You have Houston Texans didn't have a kicker. Mm -hmm. So it, hamstring injury. Yeah. yeah. So, so you have a seven year running back veteran. Come on. Who played soccer? My favorite thing is he just like casually strolls onto the field and he's like, I can do it. He kicked for kicks the team. A kicks the field goal, makes it. And it wasn't like a little chip shot. This was, you it know. It was a legit NFL field yeah. goal and kickoffs. And, right. And I love yeah. it, man. And uh, ultimately, you know, that those points were what gave and the Texans. The PATs. <laughs> right. And the PATs are what gave the Texans. The points to win the game. I I love it. it made it's a feel the good story in the game. It's crazy. And of course, yeah. you know the Texans signed a kicker uh, yesterday. Did they? Okay, they did. Yeah. So hopefully he won't be forced to do that again. But what what, what team? Because you're putting if you go out there and shank the ball or miss the <laughs> kicks, you 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 won't get the credit for being brave enough and team player enough to try it. Yeah. But not only was he so in it for the team 
that he said, I'll do it. I'll do it. He succeeded. It's crazy. I love it. I it love was it. amazing. Yeah. I was like, that is a sports, it oh, is. sports feel good story. All right. The most important story though For of you. the week, the most important yeah. story <laughs> of the week is it is Texas high school football playoff time. <laughs> she came prepared. Y'all. I, I, have, I give her that. Well, these are from like when Nadia was at Hill Country. Mm -hmm. They had these little dudes. So I grabbed them. Good. Um, the Shaps are yep. the Westlake Chaparrales are playing Megan's Round Rock Dragons. Round Rock Dragons. Um, Westlake is 10 and 0. Mm -hmm. They are, they average 47 points a game. And they give up about seven points a game. You're telling Their me largest nothing, I don't know. margin is sixty-four to zero. <laughs> Expect about that with, with Round Rock. <laughs> they have four games where they gave up zero points. Listen, I am going to date myself here. I graduated from Round Rock High in the year two thousand. Back at you know the Y two K, we were trash at football then. We've had maybe one or two flares of greatness. Y'all will be fine. Well, you're in the playoffs. We don't even have a winning record and we're in the no, playoffs. No, you're four and five. Yeah. I don't four and six. Round Rock Dragons are four and six. It's just a really bad. I think there's a couple schools called Round Rock. I hope I got the right one. Yeah, maybe but not. I think you're four and six. There are four Round if Rock schools. Not, you know please that, let right? Us know. I know, but I looked at Round Rock Dragons, right. the one that said Westlake, playing Westlake this Saturday. Mm -hmm. I mean, Friday night, Friday night, 7 30, <laughs> Chaparral Stadium. Cracking um, me up. So. Would you like to go to that game, Megan? Not really, but thank okay, because I have four tickets. We should go. I appreciate you. All right, we're going, we're, we're going to that game. <laughs> I love it. All right, so we're we're closing in on our five o'clock hour. Yeah, here. we gotta hurry. Let's move. So we, we yeah, we do. It's all right. Um, so we're gonna talk about a couple stories. I I've got to talk about this. Hey, thank okay. you, CB. That's right, Linear Vikings. There you go, class oh, of two thousand. CB and I went to the same high school. <laughs> we both went to which is now Navarro. But we oh, both yeah. went to Lanier. We were both Lanier Vikings. Like Isn't that it. cool? Yeah. I, I graduated before you, but we went to the same high school. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, so I am going to bring this up because you felt the need to take the pot shot. I'm a Lanier Viking. How yep. do you do? How, I wait, hold, on, hold on. I got to do it where it shows. See, Round Rock is like the RR. We did. I, we would just do an L, but then you're a loser. So we have to do Killing me, soul. all right. Well, uh, I want to bring this up because you like to take the pot shots at, at Michigan State. We are not having a great year either, but that's okay. I know, but I still have a like a heart for you, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, the Michigan sign stealing uh scandal, oh, yeah, we didn't talk about there has been an update that's not really an update. Oh, yeah, what happened? So they're talking about that's a big story, it is a big story. Um, so Michigan has now received formal notification from the Big Ten, um, that says. Uh, there is potential disciplinary, disciplinary action coming down on right. Michigan. This is kind of a non-story. Maybe the coach being it, suspended or something. Everybody wants to wildly speculate. Yeah. To me, this is a non-story. There are a part the, of... The, the potential of a punishment is a non-story? Yes. Okay. Well, that... Not the sign stealing. No, not... Yeah, the sign stealing is a big deal, but okay. that the... Big Ten contacted Michigan to let them know oh. there are potential, right? So people were saying, oh, we're getting close. We're, get, we're not. But this is part of the NCAA rules that the the conference has to, if, if a school is under investigation, the conference has to, by NCAA rules, notify the school that there is potential. Oh, like of, so many days of this. So, yeah. They have to give them a chance to respond. Oh, okay. So to me, yeah, it's like the big update. Not so much a real update um, when you really look into it, but um, it's definitely under investigation. We know the NCAA has already said they're not going to come to a ruling probably until next year. <laughs>
Literally, they've said I mean, that. they're not going to throw away huge conference income if, they're, <laughs> if, if Michigan makes it into the, which they're headed that way, right. into the playoffs and maybe a championship game or whatever. The money that comes to the Big Ten is way more than worrying about this penalty right now. I get it. And so a lot of the, the schools around the Big Ten have pleaded to the Big Ten commissioner to basically make they had an, a meeting, like a call or to something. make an unprecedented ruling um, because it is within the Big Ten commissioner's power to enforce sanctions against Michigan before the NCAA does. OK, it would be unprecedented and it would be highly unusual and unlikely that a commissioner is going to take one of their two best uh, teams out of the running. For oh, the, no, the playoffs. I wouldn't see that. Yeah. That being said. Where I think this gets interesting uh, is more politicking, right? With the OSU and Michigan game, uh-huh. I think if OSU comes out of that game victorious, you might see a little bit of movement from the Big Ten commissioner um, to make it look like they're doing something right. Now, if Michigan wins that game and ultimately ends up the Big Ten uh, uh, champion, I don't think you see any movement from the commissioner. That's just that's just my thought. Again, a little bit of politics coming into play there, but yeah, um, you know, we talked about it a lot. Might be a little tired of talking about it, but no, I I, I feel I, like it's relevant. It is it is relevant because we've now heard other schools coming up and say, "Well, I kind of think so and so had my signs that day," right? Or, it, and it's and it's it's coming up. This is going to get a big ugly. deal. It's yeah. a big deal. It's going to get ugly. It, when you have a business now with college football being billions of dollars yeah. and each school getting hundreds of millions of dollars and players getting mm-hmm. millions of dollars, which I I'm happy with. Um, th- when you have all that on the line mm-hmm. and you have to come up with NIL money to recruit, like it's just getting intense. I like this. Did you see? And and honestly, I would love this hire. Uh, CB, you brought up that Michigan state interviewed uh, coach Klein. Uh, uh, no, not, not Kansas State. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I always do this uh, with his what's name. His name? You're putting me on the spot, but yes, he's, he's done a phenomenal job at Kansas. And honestly, everyone wants him. I, but I think that would be a really good fit Michigan state. And I'm going to say this on the record. Like they are not a Texas kind of school, right? They are not the, the flagship school of they're a, they're a great program. I'm a huge Michigan state fan, but that's where I think a coach that is from a program like Kansas and has built some stuff there. Like, Truly, he can he can make changes there because he gets what it's like to recruit in smaller areas like where it's maybe not as football crazy and build a program and and really bring things forward. So, yeah, I love that. I think that's a cool update. You know, we'll see. Of course, the Coach Tucker thing is going to get messy and sloppy. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of ugly, uh, (laughs) a lot of ugly court battles there. But. In the meantime, Michigan State is playing without a coach and clearly without a rudder. So <laughs> I don't direction. know how they, they did beat Nebraska. So that was crazy. I think me and my friends in the neighborhood could be. Yeah. Yeah. But Nebraska is like better. Know, they're year. better. They're yeah. better. I'm just saying. They're, they're Get my Michigan State. They're better. Spartans no, a little great. bit of love. That's like, great. Yeah, All right. We're good. All right. All right so let's, let's fly through some of the big games. It was so nice of Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> to drop two games so that Penn State could move up into the top 10 so that Michigan-Penn State would be a top 10 matchup. That's, this is going to be a great game. That I'm excited really for it. really nice of the Sooners. It was kind. It was they're, kind. You know, they're thinking they're thinking ahead of other people. Um, so let's pick this one. All right. Let's get into our college picks. Okay. And we won't talk about last week's picks. 
three. Number three. Why are they three when their strength of schedule is like not even yeah, in the top 50? A lot of questions. Three in Michigan. They're cheating and their strength of schedule is not in the top 50. <laughs> three Michigan at 10 Penn State. Michigan's uh, five point favorites. What do you have? Ooh, this is a tough one for me. Um, five point favorites. I don't know. I, I'd i like to say <laughs> in a perfect world where I didn't think Michigan already had all of their signs. No, I'm kidding. Listen, <laughs> Penn State can change it up. It's Oh, everyone's changing their signs. I think at this point, it's everyone's not as big a deal. Their um, I, I like Penn State in this. I think it is. It's hard to go into Happy Valley and, and play a solid game. And I think Michigan has a lot of distractions right now, right? And, and Harbaugh's a great coach, but I just think there's going to be so much going on here. I'm going to take Penn State in this. I think it's going to be a nail biter. I think it's going to be close. Um, but yeah, I think Penn State wins and covers this game. Even though it's an 11 a.m. kickoff, Penn State will be hyped. I also am picking Penn State to win this out outright because um, they fought Ohio State hard at Ohio State, and it was a one possession game. Mm-hmm. They are defense is solid. Who is their defensive coordinator? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I, I just, I think Michigan's strength of schedule is so weak. They haven't played it, it, Penn State. Penn State wins outright. All right. So Alabama goes to Kentucky. We don't have to worry about that. This is a big one that affects playoff contention. Mm-hmm. 18 Utah at Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, so 18 ranked Utah at number five, Washington. Washington home favorites by almost 10, nine yeah. and a half and 10. What, what do you think? Ugh, looking at this, I, as much as my heart wants Utah to win this game. Uh, I just don't see it. Penix is one of those quarterbacks that can find a way to win. He does a good job. He's, he's of course in the Heisman contention right now. I, I just don't see at home. Now, if this were at Utah, maybe it's a different conversation we're having. I'm going to take Washington. Um, I'm going to say, Oh, as much as I hate to do this. I think Washington covers this. I think they're going to be high cover. I do. I'm going to, I'm going to wow. take Washington for a winning cover here. Oh man. I got to make a note. And <laughs> BK said we can go 10 minutes late. Oh yeah. So Thanks, BK. Thanks right. BK. Brad Keller. Thank you. All right. So I have, okay. Washington has given up 33 points in three of the last four games. Yeah. Utah just scored 55 points against the, the, Arizona state. But Arizona State held Washington to 15 points at home. Arizona State's not a good team. They're not a good team, but they have moments, and they're they're one of those teams that's building. Look out for Arizona State in 2028. <laughs> when Jimbo Fisher is coaching. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> you know. Didn't they have someone for a minute? They did. Okay, so after you leave the Aggies, you go to Arizona State. It's, that it's makes the sense. rehab program. Good job. Yeah, you like that? I thought they were going to go to Alabama and be there at one of their right <laughs> an, next Saban rehab one of program. Their, um, what do you call it? Their not coach rehab. <laughs> coach rehab. No, where you go and be like one of their analysts. No, right. <laughs> their analyst that's paid four hundred thousand. Right. Right. Okay. Anyway, um, I t- to me nine and a half is a lot. I'm not calling yep, out right upset. Yeah. But I do believe Washington's defense is so. Special freaking suspect right now mm-hmm. as an MIA on a milk carton and Utah. <laughs> Have and, you seen this? And defense? Utah can yeah. score points. So I'm going to go. You, well, Washington will survive at home, but okay. they will not cover. Okay. I like All it. Right. Uh, listen, I, I hope, I hope that Utah comes out on top with this. That helps Texas in so many ways. 
if Texas handles business. I mean, I'd like them out of the top five and us move up. So get them out of there. I would love for Utah to go in there and win. Right. Home field to me is a lot for Washington. So I'm going to say Utah stays in toe-to-toe with Washington. I mean, so I wouldn't you, be surprised if they win. All right. I dig it. All right. Washington, you've got Washington win, but no cover. Right. All right. Miami is going into Florida State. That's Watch that game because that also another team ahead of Texas. If, my, if Florida State loses anything the rest of the year, they're out of the playoffs. Listen, I think Florida State is a super suspect team. I haven't been impressed with, with their wins overall. I think the strength of schedule is super shady. I don't know. This is a rivalry game. I know Miami They're is favored by two touchdowns. I get it. I know Miami's not a good team. They beat this the Aggies. Year. They must be stellar. Miami's stellar. not a good team. They this must year. be world beaters. <laughs> you're, you're killing me, Smalls. But yeah, listen. I I think this is a thing that this is a game to me to watch. I know we're not picking it, but rivalry games, crazy things can happen. And I think Florida State's suspect. I think number four is pretty high for them. All right. All right. Just so you know, number this is another top 25 matchup. 13 Tennessee is playing 14 Missouri. Missouri had a close loss to, at Georgia, mm-hmm. and they have wins over South Carolina, Kentucky, and then they also lost to LSU. Um, Tennessee is their best win still. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Tennessee's best win is still Austin P. <laughs> yeah. I, That's their best top win. Hat. Next best win, Kentucky. Yeah. So who knows? Tennessee. Okay. This is pretty much a 50 50 game because Tennessee's mm-hmm. favored by one, one point. Yeah. I, I'll go. Missouri's going to win this game. I think Missouri wins by at least a touchdown. Tennessee's a fraud. Missouri wins big. They've st- struggled a bit. They'll be fine. Yeah, I have, I to have agree- Missouri winning. I have to agree with you. And again, I know it gets kind of boring for folks when we agree on everything. But <laughs> we disagreed look, on a little bit. I, I, I don't see Tennessee coming in and wrecking shop at Missouri. And I will say this: Missouri fans, not my favorite in the world. I hope it's their homecoming this yeah, weekend. I it hope is it's Missouri's homecoming. I don't know if it is. I hope it is. But I, I just don't see a way that ten. I agree with you. I think Tennessee is a fraud. I think they've kind of. <laughs> come up and they've been propped up maybe by the SEC bias a little bit. They don't have great wins. They don't have a great strength of schedule again. I mean, they haven't beaten anybody good. And Missouri is one of those teams where they're a little up and down, a little hit or miss, but they're building something and they look solid in it. Home, Which is why I'm still shocked we got. Yeah, at home I just don't I just don't <laughs> see them um I just don't see them taking out Missouri. So I've got to agree with you on that one. All right, good job. Um, we weren't going to pick that, but we did. Why not? Okay. All right. And we get to go extra 10 minutes. So let's just talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Oklahoma State at UCF. This is a shocker. Oklahoma State is tied with Texas leading the Big 12. Mm-hmm. UCF has one win in the Big 12 conference. Welcome to the club. Like, wait, welcome but, to the Big 12. But this is UCF 52% chance of winning. Oklahoma State only, it's, uh, this is weird. Oklahoma State three point favorite, but UCF 15, 52% chance of winning. Yeah. This could be upset city for Oklahoma State. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? You know, again, this is one of those that I don't have a great beat on. Um, it is hard to gauge a team by rivalry games, mm-hmm. right? I will say this until I'm dead. Texas shouldn't have lost to OU this year, but it's a rivalry game. Things happen. Bedlam, crazy game. And that was all-out effort by Oklahoma State. They, to me, are a bit of a surprise this year. Didn't expect expect Oklahoma State to be where they're at in contention for Big 12 championship. Um, But this one, I I don't have a good handle on. I've got to take Oklahoma State in this just because I don't see – I, I just don't see UCF being worth a flip. I, I okay. just don't. I, I I know they're at home. I know they've got a crazy home atmosphere. 
maybe Oklahoma State's coming in and they're a little bit taxed from Bedlam and they gave it all they got. They pulled an OU, gave it all they got, blew their load, and now they're empty. I don't know. But look, I, I'm going to take Oklahoma State just because it's number 15 at unranked and single conference win UCF. I have a hard time getting around that. Okay, upset city. All right. UCF is going to take down Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is on high. They're on the the ride of that high from beating Oklahoma, which was huge. That was a huge win. That was, I mean, um, what's Gundy's only beaten Oklahoma three times yeah. in his 20 something year, 50 years he's been in Oklahoma State. This was for only his fourth win. I have a number four. This is only his fourth win. That's crazy. But to when you leave the conference and leave the rivalry with scoreboard Aggies, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts when your team walks in there and leaves. The it does. <laughs> Texas it, did it. You got scoreboard forever. Oklahoma, you have scoreboard forever until you happen to meet up in a bowl game, right? Yeah. So unless the other team, I am calling th that was everything for Oklahoma State. Great job, great win. You're going to lose to UCF on Saturday. I like it. I, they're, alert. they're they're just so close every time. So you're UCF going is so close every time. You're going for complete chaos and chaos. I'm going for upset city. UCF fought hard at Oklahoma. The pieces are there. It's going to come together at home with everything else. Yeah, they're they want to play spoiler. They're going to play spoiler. I dig it. I dig it. All, All right, right, let's move on. Let's let's talk about uh, we've got number nine Ole Miss at number two Georgia. This is a pretty juicy matchup. There's yes. a lot of potential here. Okay. Um, I do want to talk about this one. We're looking at the SEC. Okay. Ole Miss has had some interesting games. Number nine. Did you did you have Ole Miss this high at this point in the season? No, I didn't. No, because I don't think about Ole Miss. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I don't think about them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. The, Georgia is a 10 and a half point favorite in this. Again, it's at Georgia. We'll do this real quick. Odds are heavily favoring Georgia. What are you thinking about this? I say Ole Miss stays competitive and in the game for two and a half, three quarters. Georgia pulls away. I have Georgia winning and covering. Okay. Yeah, I've got to go with you on that one. I'd like to say that Ole Miss could keep it close. Um, but ultimately, again, like with a few other games, if this were, you know, at Ole Miss, this were in Oxford, Maybe I have a little bit different mm, conversation no. here. I, again, I, I still don't think Georgia is as strong as they've been ranked throughout the year. No, it's just they have the But roster. I don't think Ole Miss is the guy, the, the team that's going to step up yeah. and, and put Georgia Especially down. the way they gave up points to the Aggies. The Aggies have struggled scoring points. Mm -hmm. And they let the Aggies up into the last second almost win that or try take it to overtime. Right. So – I, I just the defense defense is too suspect for me. Yeah, they have they can so, move the ball, but Georgia's gonna yeah, run all over them. Winning cover. And Georgia has a defense to hold them. Agreed. Speaking of the Aggies, they have Mississippi State four and five against five and four. So the Aggies kryptonite lately has been schools from Mississippi. Mm -hmm. They've lost the last five against Mississippi. The last time they beat a school from Mississippi was three years ago in their in their in their extend Jimbo 2020 year. Yeah. Listen, you know how I mean, you know how, did, you know how the world was all normal in 2020 and nothing was crazy that year. Yeah, that's when you extend your coach to clearly to you know astronomical contract numbers. Yeah, guaranteed. 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 Mm -hmm. Well, they have smart choices. They're I don't get this 18.5 point favorites against a Mississippi school. It's Mississippi State, but they haven't even beaten them in three years. So, um. I don't know. I, win no cover. 
The Aggies will fight. The Aggies will put up points. They might be down to the third quarterback on Saturday because Max Johnson is hurt. Yeah. They might be down to their third quarterback at home, but they're at home. Mm-hmm. So I think their defense will step up and do enough. I say win, no cover. Okay. Yeah. Look, I've said this before. I'm going to give the Aggies their props here. Kyle Field is a hard place to play, especially after they renovated everything. It is a loud, hard place to play. The Aggie faithful, no matter how delusional, are incredible fans. Mm-hmm. It is a hard place to play at. So I'm going to say this. I, I, 18 and a half. 18 is too much. Have they even feels like a lot in a game? It, it feels they like have, a lot. And again, I think a lot of this hinges on, <laughs> on their quarterback. But I got to say, I just don't see the AM offense being potent enough to outscore an opponent by that much. Yeah, so that's my I point. think this yeah. is yeah, I think this is Tamu's game to win. I, I think I don't think it's ever going to be in question. I don't know that they cover that 18 and a half. Yeah, that's too you know much. I think 14 maybe. But but even that 10 to 12 maybe. That's fair. That's but, a lot. So yeah, I I'm, I'm going to take Tamu in this one, but win no cover on that. All right. One more and then we'll get to Texas cuz this one affects top 10 standings. It does. USC fired their Fired their defensive coordinator, Grinch. They're apparently they're trying to go after PK. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Well, he's a West Coast. He's a West Coast guy. But PK's making two million a year. But USC can I don't think money's the issue. USC will pay him, but I mean his family's here. His he he gets to do his thing at with Coach Sark. That's, and he's brought in his own recruits. He's built his system. He has his guys in it. That's where I think he's the key built is. his staff. I don't see. Listen, Sark has built this staff. These are his guys, his people. It would take an insane amount of money for an assistant, for you know, for a coordinator position to pull him and his family away from Sark and from Austin and from the money he's making and here. He's about to go be the DC in an SEC team. And and. Agreed. I don't know. Again, I don't have a personal line to PK, but don't leave this. PK. I just don't see PK buying into what Riley is doing at USC more so than he buys into what Sark is doing. That at Texas. is the that is it right there. I, I that to me is. I, I just don't see PK going, oh, the grass is going to be greener with what Lincoln Riley. And if Lincoln anyone Riley... can tell him about the in and outs of USC, it's Sark. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm i sure they he is a pie in the sky wish list, but I just don't see that happening. They're going after him. Yeah. They say that's their dream guy, which tells you how good our coordinator is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, get into the game. USC, 7-3, and three, unranked, LOL. Um <laughs> At six, Oregon. Oregon is 16.5 point favorites with an 83% chance to win that game. Do you want to go first? No, you you take this. I'm All right. Gonna... I'll go. Oregon's only loss. It was a missed field goal against the Washington. Their best, they have, you know, Bo Nix, Heisman Talk, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. USC has lost three of their last four in empty stadiums. Thank you, Richard. Yes, they play in empty stadiums. Richard just texted me. USC is always in an empty stadium. Yeah, yeah the Coliseum nobody, is hard to pack. You're you're going to go from a PK. You're going to go from a packed DKR <laughs> with a hundred thousand people to an empty stadium fifty miles away from anyway. All right. So they, have, I mean, their win at Cal was fifty to forty nine. They had to fire their coach. Yeah. Uh, all right. 
Oregon rolls. You think Oregon rolls? Oregon's gonna have, Oregon's gonna have Caleb Williams in circles and doing in the washing machine spin cycle. They're, I think they win and cover. Why not? They pull away and win by twenty. Ooh. Why not? Float. There, Why not? There we are. Which doesn't help Texas because their win will look so good. Yeah, listen. That's all right. I I've got to say, you know, Oregon again. I don't. I can make the argument that Texas should be ahead of Oregon with strength of schedule quality win, right? Like one loss. I just don't see any possible way that USC, especially without a defensive coordinator at this point, <laughs> I don't see how they come in yeah, and, stop and compete with no quarterback. Not Penix, no, but yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Nicks. Bonix. Sorry. Thank yeah. you. Bonix. Yeah. With no, right. With I just no DC. Right. I don't see that happening. I, I just don't. That's I'd, a good point. I, yeah. I, as much as, as much fun as it would be for Texas to watch Riley come in unexpectedly and, and beat up on Oregon, I just don't see any world where that happens. No. I will say the 16 and a half feels excessive, but then again, when you look at it, listen, Caleb Williams is a capable quarterback. I like him. I, I, he's another one that I think he oh, gets. he'll still be number one in the NFL draft. I they think he gets, too, yeah. he gets a lot of undue bullshit from people that mm -hmm. he doesn't deserve. It's not um, his fault they don't have a defense. So, yeah, I, 16 and a half feels like a lot. I'm going to take Oregon to win no cover, but it's okay. going to be real close to covering. I yeah, feel like, like Oregon 15. has this, yeah, 14, right? 16. Like It's going to be close, but, yeah, Oregon wins this handily. I, I don't see USC having a shot at this All one. right, so just so you know, this weekend, Tech is at Kansas. Baylor is at Kansas State. We talked about it. Oklahoma's at UCF. UCF's going to win that game. West Virginia goes to Oklahoma. Texas has TCU, which we got to pick it. Iowa State at Baylor. All right. So Texas at TCU. Um, TCU's only Big 12 wins are at Houston, just like Texas, and home versus BYU, just like Texas. Um, oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are their only wins. Their losses, they've lost to West Virginia, Iowa State, Kansas State, and Texas Tech. We saw that game last Thursday night, right? We did. Yeah, we did. All right. Texas, 10-point favorites on the road with maybe still a backup quarterback. Do you want to go or do you? <laughs> I'm going to be a little smug about this. So. Go. Go for it, girl. Listen, you're, you're I'm ready. I'm taking this. I think Texas shows up. I think they win and they cover. I think we're going to see, again, especially if we've got Quinn under center, I don't see – TCU being able to hang with the level of Texas's talent. And I think Texas is going to go in on a mission. I know I am the positive ray of sunshine in a lot of this, Good. but I just don't see TCU being able to hang with Texas with where they're at right now. I, I just don't see it. I know Sonny Dykes is undefeated. You know, like he hasn't lost to Texas. I get that. I don't care. I, I'm taking Texas in this. Texas is a 10 point favor favorite. I think Texas wins and covers this game. Okay. Where I'm trying to see this. I love it. Oh, man. All right. I'm going to say this real quick. Thanks, Mark, <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Austin, TX. Appreciate you. We are working hard. So if we're, pu if we're putting too much fun, if we're putting numbers on this. Yeah. What's your score? Prediction? I'm going to take a whoo. You're going to laugh at me when I say this. I know. Oh, no. Well, we I'm laughed at you reaction. last week. We laughed at you when you made this KSU prediction I, and you were the closest. I was of okay. Us two. I was okay. So um, you were no Bob Ballou picking the exact that, score. That is true. Listen, I'm going to stick with the, the same score that I had for Texas last week. I'm going to say Texas 38, TCU 17. I think this is a big win for Texas. I think we come in. I think we shut them down. Um, our defense is 
just looking really solid. I, I don't, I think we put uh, their QB on their back. I like it. I think we come in hyped up. I think we see more communication. I'm taking Texas by uh, helping them out by, by three touchdowns. That is more than a cover. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go win and cover. Okay. Um, 10 seems fair. It's 12 to 15 on the road is a butt kicking. Yep. Right. So I'm, I just, I wish I knew which quarterback was playing, <laughs> but I kind of feel sure. like a Malik in the third game being coached up after three weeks, not is serve is more than serviceable, manageable of the game. comparable to a Quinn who's maybe holding back because of injury. Okay. So, and they've had more, the coaches have more film on Malik to coach him up and put him in a good game plan. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say I'm, I'm, I'm more in the 31, Uh 21. Okay. I like it. No, well, that's a no cover. That's a push. That's That's a a no. On a 10, if that's a 10 spread, I'm pushing. All right. 31-21, only because I think they do have receivers that can catch the ball. All right. And our DBs have a challenge for them on Saturday. DBs do have a challenge. That is absolutely true. Women in sports. So there we go. Um, Yeah, let's, let's, we're going to blast through these last three. We're so late. We appreciate you keeping us on. Um, so women in sports, we've got, Oh, this Lee, was a feel good. Lee 3410. Okay, I like it. Lee. I wish. Yeah. Listen, uh, TJ Ford had earlier said that he needed himself. A, How cool was that? A Rory Harmon, Jersey. Yeah. And you know what? TJ got his Rory Jersey. I, I love swapped it. Swapped with her. Yeah. Gave her, gave her his Jersey TJ, and they yep. took a cool picture. Check TJ Ford's Twitter. Very cool. She's, cool. she's going to be amazing to watch. Uh, Texas women's basketball is, uh, they kick off their official season tonight. That exhibition, though, 152 to what was it? 152 to. I don't know. I I followed. I watched a bit until um, it was like. It was bananas. 60 or 70. Yeah. I think it was like. It was a bike. It was killer. So anyway, uh, Texas women's basketball starts officially starts their season tonight uh, at the Moody. So check them out if you can. Southern University. Mm -hmm. Southern University. So that'll be a good one. Um, and then a little bit of feel-good Texas soccer story. Congratulations, Texas soccer <laughs> champions, Big 12 tournament champions. We were talking about it last Wednesday. We watched them over the weekend. They pulled off the win Saturday night. Big 3-1 win. That mm-hmm. was a good job against West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Good win. Congratulations, yep. Yep. champions. It's I always it. nice. I love it. All them Big 12 championships. All right, Also, we are going to go ahead and skip our one-minute rants. Yeah, we'll throw those out later. We yeah. appreciate you, as always, for joining us. We know we ran a little bit long today. We had an amazing guest, Bob Ballou from KI, sports director there, had some great insights. All right, Rocky's going to be cheering against my Round Rock Dragons in the high school playoffs. As always, y'all, I'm Megan. I'm Rocky. And we are Fire the Cannon. We appreciate you joining us. Yeah, and like and subscribe and all the things. Absolutely. (laughs) Take care. Bye.